Hello, everyone, and welcome to Neon Genesis Evangelio, our recap slash rewatch slash, I guess, first time watch for G of the classic 1995. Uh, you know what? I wow, I completely forgot the whole intro for that part of it, but you know what it is. It's Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes. If you've been watching for the for six episodes, you know the deal. You know the drill at this point. Uh, and yeah, we're back after uh, the whole for our first post Netflix episode, at least properly. Anyways, we had we, we got all of our. I think we got all of that out of our system on our emergency episode five point five. Yup. Podcast. I, frankly, considering the the strange and unexpected and awful ways that discourse has evolved. I feel like somehow our podcast is now even more of a strange time capsule of the immediate post-Netflix era. <laughs> because, uh, boy, have you seen some of the takes on Twitter about that I'm show not, lately? Uh, Man. I out Amanda Winley, like, what, like, script director and voice actress for Ray in the, the original dub, tweeting that the fanboys need to fucking shut up. Yes, yes, I like that. <laughs> she commented on the fact that even back then... People nope. were complaining yeah. about the ADV dub. People now were complaining about the Netflix dub. It seems that at the end of the day, people will just uh, right. truly never run out of things to uh, get overly emotionally invested in. Yeah, we were talking about how back then it was like, oh, you've taken too many liberties with the translation. And now the Netflix one is, oh, no, they made it too literal. It's like, what do you guys want? Come on. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I think we've got that out of our system and we can uh, get back to actually talking about the show and not the production bits. And, uh, Oh, I don't know. Considering this trio of episodes, uh, production wise, I think there's plenty to say about. Well, yes. (laughs) The production itself. Not not related to Netflix anyways. The Um, Gynax production. Yes. The Gynax production, the original. Um, Yes. These are some, you know, I talked about, how some of the earlier like you know the episodes like eight to twelve ish air range were some of my like personal favorites yeah these are arguably the best episodes if i'm gonna be hmm. honest yeah um, i would i think yeah. i would agree with that uh, and... all right sure sure i mean i guess <laughs> as somebody who has not watched the entirety of the show like I, I wonder what that implies about what comes after this but uh yeah well i mean there's actually not Oh, well, there are, there are, there's still what, maybe six episodes or something after this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think these were an interesting trio of episodes. I think they, they, uh, they uh, do some, they do some interesting things narratively. I think that, uh, overall I totally understand like, and respect where they're coming from. I'm not sure I'm so sold on them that I would necessarily go as far as say, these are the best episodes I've watched of Evangelion up till now. But. I find I think these three episodes, like maybe not the quote unquote the best, but like I feel like these episodes are the ones that most encapsulate what Evangelion kind of is. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, and I'm sure we'll get into plenty of that later, either at the end of this episode or later on in the the podcast. But um, but yeah, let's let's get into actually the actual episodes, which conveniently broke out well this week as sort of the the fourth child arc with episodes 17 through 19 they, they kind of all go together and uh starting with episode 17 uh we have the the fourth child 
it just is the title of that episode and not children i should add indeed <laughs> <Or the> child <laughs> we already talked about this yes so moving on the uh this episode kicks off with Masato getting interrogated after the last angel fight, which, if you recall, is the one where Shinji got absorbed. He yes. broke out of the womb, or whatever. Broke out of the womb, so to speak. Great. Um, so the so the higher ups are want to talk to Shinji, but Masato's kind of trying to protect him from having to you know testify, I guess, and because they're concerned. Well, based on the testimony, was you know the angel trying to reach out and communicate? You know what's going on. And Masato kind of sticks to her line that, you know, the angels... We don't know anything about the angels. Yeah. You know, we don't know anything. Yeah. She's still kind of treating them as, you know, not necessarily intelligent, sentient creatures or whatever, more like a force of nature thing, which I'm having a harder time... I would have a harder time buying if at this stage of the game. But um, nevertheless, they kind of relent on that somehow. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting. They went to Masato and not Gendo, but I guess she was trying to stick up for Shinji or whatever. But anyway, that kind of moves on into, uh, we catch up with what's going on with Toji and his sister, which if everyone recalls, his sister was injured in the, the first battle with the, with the third angel way back in episode one. Yeah. And apparently she's still in the hospital. So yeah. we're just checking in and reminding everybody that, hey, Toji's a pretty good brother. He's been checking in on her every, you know, several times a week still. And that's mm-hmm. still an ongoing thing, which, uh, you know, funny we should be touching base with Toji, given the rest of the uh, <laughs> the rest <laughs> well, of the like, events. Well, this even... episode makes it, pretty, like, right. it makes it pretty fucking blatant. Like, they're not even kind of coy about the direction of this episode in episode right. 18 i feel like like the way it is framed like yeah like i had zero doubt in my mind which direction it was going yeah they, <laughs> there's, they, there's um, kind of a like sad inevitability built like building through these episodes yeah, yeah. do does anybody ever at any point explicitly say that toji is the fourth child until they don't which, no. yeah, i mean that, but it's that's so obvious. It's pretty clear. Yes, right. yes. I they, think I think the intention. Have, yes, right. They they never have to say it. Right. Yes, I think the intention is that you, the viewers, you know, unless you're a a fucking idiot, should like <laughs> you know realize pretty damn quickly, like, oh, okay, this is like Toji is the fourth children, and like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't resist. Yes, uh, and. Uh, um, uh, you know, that the episode is largely about kind of his emotional wrangling with it, you know, like, you know, the kind of uh, his, you know, yes, you know, as you, as you kind of said, kind of dealing with like kind of the emotional inevitability of where this is all going. Like, you know, even before we get into the stuff of episode 18, like, even if I did not know, like, some of the basic plot beats of Evangelion, like, you can feel, like, this kind of inevitable dr- sense of sense of dread just kind of building up throughout these episodes because, like, it's Neon Genesis Evangelion and, like, things are never allowed to go right, so, like, right. you know, you just know in your bones that this will, like, 
cause some like irreparable like physical and emotional harm to everybody involved yeah and part of it is you know the, even just the directing like the, sets the tone of like it's very somber yes yeah it's very somber and you're you, you just know you know this is not going to end well <laughs> yeah and uh speaking of things not speaking of how things are never allowed to go well uh we kind yeah. of find out right after this, that there is another branch of nerve, or should I say there was another, another branch of nerve. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the kind of, uh, moment of peace that they had after the last angel fight ends abruptly as one of the nerve branches disappears. Yes. And I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to, uh, point out the different nerve branches. You know, this was explained in the platinum notes. I thought oh, it was a little confusing huh. watching it. Okay. So, okay. Just to just to clarify for everybody, you know, headquarters, nerve headquarters is Tokyo Three. That's where the show takes place. Yeah. Okay. Branch one, the first branch and second branch are both in America. Sure. Got it. So for first, and then the third branch is in Germany. That's where Oscar was at. That's where Oscar right? came from. Okay. So first branch in America was the one that was that developed and is currently uh, housing Unit Three. Uh. Second branch in America was the one that was building. I don't know if they said it was complete. I think they were still building it. Unit four. They said they unit like they, four uh, and the, the S two engine, correct? Right. Yes. They tried to install the two engine inside the of it. And uh, so that's the one that has now mysteriously. It doesn't even look like it was blown up. It just seems to have mysteriously disappeared. Right. Right. They kind of show the satellite imagery here, where like the nerve headquarters are going over, like they're debriefing, and it's like. Yo, that thing just fucking disappeared. Yes, one, one like, shot is here, one shot it's not here. Right, like it's it's pretty neat. I do like that. It's a, it's a good like it's a it's a good haunting like it's 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 what Ava does well, where it's like like and you know you could you could just do like oh like a big old angel just came here and smashed a thing up like a kaiju, but it's like nah, dude, it's just way creepier this way. It's like it's just not there anymore. Like yeah. <laughs> it's. It's, uh, well, you it's, see, G, it's a reference to the uh, Rapture. Uh, oh, oh, my bad. Right? Yes, yes. We should we should take the Judeo Christian imagery. I can't even, I can't even in this keep story. Up a bit for more than two no, seconds. I, I can't. Like, I feel like the second, like, now that I've, you know, again, I'm not done with the show yet. But considering how far we are into it now, like, we don't have to talk about like quote, the capital D discourse about Ava right now. But like, anytime anyone starts to starts talking big about the Judeo Christian imagery and how that ties deeply into the thematic elements of the show, I, I am just rolling my eyes into the back of my skull. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's. So it's that second branch, and then of course the third branch was in Germany is the one where they had Unit yes. Two and where Oscar was. But Which, like, I guess it's I guess it's kind of interesting. I I guess it makes sense in retrospect. Like, yeah, of course you would like split up your Ava units, like, because I guess theoretically the Angels could attack anywhere, right? Like, they wouldn't necessarily just attack Tokyo Three, even though that's literally all they've done up until now. <laughs> well. Uh, according, so according to the notes, that they actually all got built at different facilities, and that kind of implied to me that like they may not even have the resources to build multiple ones at a time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, I mean, yes. Yes. I mean, you know, this yeah. goes back a million fucking years ago to Asuka's debut episode, but like, you know, I think I mentioned it back then, where like you see like what they say is the entirety of the American Navy, and it is like eight ships. 
Right. And like that's not really a big plot point, but for someone like me, you know, uh, for for a Kensuke like me, like <laughs> that speaks volumes to how depleted the material resources of a nation must be if that is literally all they have left. And so, like, I, I definitely get the vibe here as well, where it's like, yeah, dog, we're on like unit number four because like that's all we can afford to make. Like, it, it, it makes the Jet Alone project all that more like more sympathizable in retrospect. Like, like, can right. you blame them? Like, can you blame them for trying? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Although like, then, then, like, Ritsko basically says, well, after the explosion, after that disappeared, they're going to send Unit 3 over to Japan because they don't want to blow up the other branch. Yes, yes. Right. It is a little bit of self-serving, right? Like, yeah. Like, I, th- I think everybody can see the writing on the wall that the Angels are targeting whatever Ava units are, so... Mm-hmm. On one hand, you can you can you can frame it as oh we're gonna shore up the troops at the main headquarters. On the other hand, it's like we're gonna drop off this nuclear bomb in your lap so that we don't have to take care <laughs> yeah. of it anymore. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, we get some more talk about some of these this new Ava technology we've heard over the past couple episodes. So they yes. did mention Unit Four was being installed with the S2 engine, which yes. we'll probably get into more later. But we get uh, quite a bit of additional information on the, the dummy plug system that they've been working yes. on. Yeah. Um, which uh, <laughs> I turns literally out, had... Right. Go, go ahead, Iroh. Yeah, it like, turns out the giant brain that Ray was hooked up to was like scanning her brain waves to make a fake pilot for the Ava. Yes. And you know what? Like... As like, I mean, as fucked up as we end up seeing this turn out, like, I gotta be honest, I'm like, you know what? Again, always respect and nerve for their hustle. Like, this is the organization that spends money making an Ava-sized battle axe and and an (laughs) Ava-sized deagle, but is also working on this giant robot brain thing to, like clone brainwaves of 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 the children so that they can, you know pilot the robots without one of them and it's like again respect and nerves hustle they're always trying different things yeah i mean that's one of the big weaknesses of the evangelion right like they have yeah. to rely on these unstable kids to pilot them yeah. well yeah. Now, like i said i would question <sighs> okay look i i get it between your three options okay if you were like the director of nerve and you were like all right we got to copy one of these kids brain waves to like become like the central foundation of our dummy plug and your options are asuka shinji and ray like (laughs) i i get that it is a it is it is a bad option no matter which one you pick but considering ray's like general like despite the fact that like we always look to asuka and shinji as like maybe the more unstable ones i feel like ray has kind of low-key actually been the most unstable ava pilot in this show like like Unit Zero goes berserk, like, I feel like way more often than, I guess, two or one do, you know, to a certain extent. (laughs) Yeah, her her track record on sync testing has not been great. Yeah, yeah. Consistently the lowest, and and also her Ava is, like, the oldest and weakest, so... Right, like, I'm not saying, like, look, I'm not saying, okay, let's hook Shinji up to the big robot brain. I feel like that probably, like, goes in some bad directions, too, but... Mm-hmm. I'm the, just saying... Red flags is what you're yes. saying. Uh, yes. yes. Which yeah, is and totally so, but, 
but they don't want to use the dummy plug for the test activation of Unit 3. And so, you know, uh, well, there's there's one pilot candidate, but we can prepare immediately. Time to get ourselves a fourth child. child. Yeah. Yes. For children, so, please. Children. <laughs> Where well, are we going to do this the whole episode? I think we're just going to. I think from now on, I'm just going to switch intermittently between the two, like whichever, <laughs> yeah. whichever strikes my mood. I do like if you look if you like look closely at Ritsuko's like desk. Everything is cat themed. Yes, she's got, yes, like a, you she's got the cat mug. She's got like a little cat thingamajig. The yes, Kaji daughter. Yes, you did point that out to me. I thought that was a pretty That's good detail. Pretty good. So yeah, um, so moving on, we we get another bit I threw in here with uh, with a little more school life stuff. Everybody giving Asuka and Shinji a hard time for arguing like an old married couple because Shinji didn't make lunch that day. Um, <laughs> oh, Shinji! Yeah. Uh, you know, normally he's a good housewife, but you know, not today. Uh, <laughs> Look, we, There's a lot we, of... all, we all can't be Shiro Emiya, you know? We can't yeah. all just... You know, who's a better fucking... cook? Is it, is it Shinji or is it Shiro? Oh, Dude, Shiro. It's not even close. One of them has an entire, one of them has an entire spin-off devoted to their cooking acumen. Uh-huh. Like, all right, look, maybe, look, and maybe like 2020 to, or 2025 or whatever to celebrate the 30th anniversary of this fucking show. Maybe they'll announce fucking, <laughs> fucking uh, Ikari's Household of Cooking spin-off. Or uh, something. Shinji Ikari and... cooking project. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would. I would totally. Uh, totally watch that. You know, and I feel like Evangelion gets spun off so many times that that would probably. Yeah. Not might as happen. well, right? Weirder things have happened. So there you yes. go, folks. Gainax, if you want to get back, uh, get back yeah. in the red, in the in the black here. Stop selling yes, tomatoes that, and uh, that money's on the table. You can send a check to the Gloria blog at uh, <laughs> paypal.com. Again, I don't think that's actually a real PayPal account, but yeah. uh, so uh, you know, moving along you know, and creeping towards the inevitable here, uh, we have another scene with uh, Masato, and you know, she's kind of the first to officially learn about the identity of. The fourth child, they kind of um, <laughs> again don't actually say it out loud for the audience, but right. uh, you, you can kind of start piecing together. Yes, um, there's like whoa him, and then the next scene cuts to Toji or something, and it's right. like all right, all right, we get it. <laughs> yeah, right. And and I, I forget at this point, Iro, you can refresh my memory here. Does hmm. has to, has Toji learned yet? Because at one point he gets called to the principal's office. So I think it's later this what? episode. I think that's later, actually. I think yeah, that's later. Okay. I think, that, that's I think we're still at first, first he has to take the papers to Ray's place. Yeah, yeah. I think yes. I do I do want to bring up real quick. I do think this is the part where I think Misato's like, wait, they've already found one so quickly? That's kind of convenient, isn't it? And like right. Uh, uh, Ritsuko kind of maintains the company line of like, well, you know, the Marduk Institute has found the fourth child, and who who are we to question their uh, right? You know, their their candidate, right? And yeah. uh, you, know, you kind of already get this vibe that like, at least Misato, anyways, is beginning to realize that things are you know not quite on the level. You know that things mm-hmm. are and moving far quicker than they normally should. You know, considering like how things have gone in the past. And Masato is uh, rightfully concerned about how Shinji is going to take also the news. that yes uh, again if we hadn't figured out who it was but uh, right right 
but yeah, so um, moving along. Um, Go to Ray's dirty-ass apartment. Yeah, Ray's for some reason, I don't know why. Apartment. I guess it was Toji's turn to bring the, the paperwork, because Ray's been out floating in the uh, the brain machine. Yo, yes. So She's been dummy plugging. Yeah, yeah apparently we, so. we start. Uh, <laughs> we st- we start getting uh, Hikari popping up again uh, for a right. bit, you yes, know, she's, she's and a... seeing uh, how how oblivious Toji is because she's like, he's not oh, that yeah. oblivious though. We'll see. We'll I, get I'm, there. I was actually going to say, like, at the end of these episodes, I've actually really like. I mean, I've always I've always liked Toji as a member of the supporting cast, but with these episodes, I've actually really come around on him as a character, just because, yeah. like, I, you know, like. Toji probably deserved better if just because of how emotionally well-rounded he is compared to everybody else in this show. Like, someone as, like, mentally and emotionally stable and normal as him, like, (laughs) really deserved to probably, you know, exist in a different anime. Yeah, fair enough. Um, But yeah, we kind of got the (laughs) the classic uh, anime rom-com joke where Hikari's like, Oh, I'll go with you to raise. She's or she wants. She's like yes, she wants yes, Toji sure. to invite her to go with him to to rate to drop off the paper at Ray's house because you know you can't go to a girl's house by yourself. And he's like, "Oh yeah, Shinji, let's go." So uh, <laughs> two boys going to a girl's house by themselves yes. instead of one. Yeah, we, we begin to see here the beginning of Hikari's uh, extremely blatant thirsting for uh, for Toji. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so. You know, they stop by Ray's apartment, which is looks like nothing has moved or changed since the last time we she saw. I think she at least like washed the blood off of her pillow. Yes, I think the bed <laughs> is not as bloody this time around. So still an uncomfortable amount of tissues, but well, less yes. about that the better. Um, the <laughs> and uh, this time he does not walk in on Ray naked either. But she's uh, not even home yet. She's not even like, home when they yeah. first get there. Yeah. And uh, so Shinji takes the opportunity to uh, clean up a bit while she's out and she comes in and they make the whole big deal about uh, (laughs) she says she says thank you to him. She's never even said thank you to Gendo. Gasp. Uh, And I feel like like, look, I don't I'm not going to pretend I know anything about how Japanese works just because I watch anime, but I feel like saying thank you has kind of been in the same territory as like saying people's first name where it has a lot more weight to it than it would in English. I don't know. Does that, um, does I don't know. To come up I think, a lot. I think, I think with Japanese media, and again, I am neither an expert on this as well, but I think often like this scene where Ray thinks Shinji, it is often about context and framing. Like, yeah, I think it is like, because here's the thing, I think people say thank you all the time in anime, to the point where if you said, hey, bring up a time someone said thank you, I couldn't even tell you, because people, I think people do say it often enough, it's a pretty ubiquitous phrase, I think with Ray and, I, th- I think, I think Ray just like, you know, Asuka, right, it's the, it's the tsundere or the, the kudere or whatever fucking term you want to come up with, right, is <laughs> like, the thank you is considered uh, a significant in the context of that character's, like... Uh, yeah, that probably uh, is, makes more sense. How, how they've been written up until that point. Right. So when they finally do show that, like, genuine warmth or compassion or appreciation, that is intended. I think that is where the director intends for it to be considered um, Yeah, significant. Yep. 
I guess I've just seen a lot of anime romantic comedies with a girl swooning later thinking, oh my God, he said thank you to me. But that might just be, again, context. Um, but anyway, yeah. we're, we've, been, we've been getting little hints of Ray becoming a little more humanized. And we'll, we'll kind of see that continuing on over this, the course of these episodes. Yeah. But that's kind of... You know what but, we're getting uh, at. Yeah, not not before. Uh, yeah, yeah not meanwhile, before. Gendo's hitting the hitting his joints again. Yeah, Gendo Futsuki are getting high as shit again. <laughs> uh, again, real pseudo philosophical. Um, yeah, what is it? What is it they're saying here? Like, we, about, like the city. Go. The city is something that man created to to fend off the fear of death. It's our Eden <laughs> or something. It's our man-made Eden. <laughs> <laughs> To have scotted us of our sins, it's just like I've I, I wrote the I wrote my my immediate take here was that uh, uh literally uh Mittermeier and Roenthal speak more, <laughs> speak more frankly and more literally than Gendo Fuyutsuki do. Um, I don't and know. That's, a poet, man. But uh, uh, well, no, no, he, he he admits he's no poet. <laughs> all right, now too much too much crossover. I'm cutting it all off. All right, all right. We got, we got, our, we got, our, ref, we got our one ref, a loud reference in. Let's uh... look. I'm just saying that if you want another couple who could maybe rival Gendo Fuyutsuki in terms of their just speaking in bullshit like metaphorical like terms. Yeah, they do say uh, that the. Uh... They're final. They're finally finishing the seventh phase of construction on the Geo front. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, I guess it's that thing's still being made. Right, because they're, they're riding incredibly they're riding on the train, looking yeah. at the city being built or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know if there's much significance to that. I just wanted to mention that yeah. again. They were out on the train getting high. Yeah, uh, but like he will... he does he does say that like none of the other nerve branches actually matter as long as they have. The geofront, right, right. Like that was an acceptable loss or whatever to their plans. But uh, but yeah. So uh, we kind of skip along here back at back at headquarters. The break uh, room. At the break room, Kaji's trying to put the moves on Maya. Which I don't know. If that's gonna work, Kaji. I'm just saying. Uh, the you're, the you're, probably... you're referencing stuff later. Gel, stop. No, Jeez, I'm just. What are you, what are you talking kidding, about? I'm Joe? kidding. I don't know anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If we're gonna rank popular uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion ships, uh, Maya is not typically shipped with male characters. Let's put it that way. But uh, <laughs> uh, while while Kaji's moves do not work on Maya, he does. Uh, <laughs> he does pick up Shinji, which. There was the little joke in there where he's like, "You know, I'm a boy, right?" Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Kaji's like, "Hey, you want to hang out or whatever?" Uh, and uh, so they they kind of go out and have a bit of a talk. Kaji uh, shares his uh, secret melon patch with Shinji. That I guess everybody's got to have a hobby. You want to see some melons, kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kaji sure loves his melons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know they they have a little bit of a chat. Um, they'll have they'll have a, they'll have a couple chats throughout here these couple episodes, um, as we kind of. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess there's an interesting context. I, I guess there's an interesting context to their conversation because, like, in retrospect, I realized that Shinji and Kaji talking for the like you know in in at length for the first time is the first time Shinji has spoken to like an older male 
figure in this show, period. Like, in any capacity. Right. Because, yeah, like, the only other option is fucking Gendo, so... <laughs> right, or, like, Air Guitar Man. I, I don't think Shiji has ever spoken to that man, ever, <laughs> in the history of the show. Hell, to go back a bit, like, I, I had to remember who you were talking about when you said Maya, because I was like, uh, who? Oh, right, yes, the short-haired Bridge Bunny girl. Like, I literally don't know what else she has done in this show up until now, so... <laughs> right. But, uh... But yeah, kind of, kind of like, sorry, good idea. The, she's the one yelling the the numbers out. Yes, when, yes, uh, usually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I just thought that led in kind of an interesting context to Kaji and Shinji's uh, conversation. Like, yeah, Shinji has not had a uh, deep uh, list of male role models. That's for sure. Uh, not that series. I would call Kaji a role model, but you know, <laughs> yeah, as, just maybe as a wellspring of like perhaps somewhat like decent advice to give to. Uh, He's not a he's not a role model, but he's been around. Yeah, he's yeah. seen some things. He knows some things. And, but, uh, uh, and you know, to, he's he's friends yeah. with a fake mom, so he's just like a dad. <laughs> sure, yes, yes. If Misato is the fake mom in this, uh, yeah, uh, situation, but uh, related to that, um, this is also where we find out. I think this is where Misato uh, starts. Uh, is this happened before or right around here? Right. Where Ka- Kaji Sato... drops her the hint to yeah, the Kaji, school. Yeah, for some info. And basically what we find out is that uh, the Marduk Institute doesn't actually exist. Or if it does, it's basically just a front that's being run by Nerve itself. And that the implication is that uh, the school that Shinji, or the class that Shinji attends is uh, actually kind of a... Uh, a containment ground for potential uh, Ava candidates. Right. Right. So it was, if it looked too convenient, it probably was that Toji was the, the fourth child. Yes. So yeah, that's uh, important to, uh, to know, but, right. uh, but yeah, so, you know, moving along, uh, we kind of get our latest sync test and we see uh, Shinji is no longer number one. Um, you know, probably the last is... time he was number one, he got sucked into an imaginary space. Yeah. Yes. So that apparently has had, you know, residual effects on, on Shinji's uh, performance since then. And, uh, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see a, some interesting things from Shinji, I think over the next couple episodes, but, you know, we'll put yeah. that on hold for now. Um, yep. Toji gets called to the principal's office at school. To be okay. That's when this happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, they don't show it, but we kind of imply strongly that this is when right. he finds out the news. I do like uh, Kensuke is back also and is yes. basically like, man, Shinji, you heard about all this like crazy shit happening in Nerve? Like, I heard yeah. Unit 4 blew up. I heard like <laughs> Unit 3 is coming over to Japan. They're going to get a new pilot. And Shinji's yeah. like, I haven't heard about any of this. Yes, I do love that Kensuke is somehow more in the know about freaking nerve internal politics than Shinji. Just like, yeah, yeah. How is that? How has like nerve secret service not taken him out or something at this point? Like, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> we well, just mentioned it, but yeah, I guess I guess we mentioned if all the kids in the class are implied to be pilot candidates that might explain why they're yes, giving him yes. some leeway. Yeah, we do, we do have a bit here where, of course, you know, the irony is that Kensuke is like, hey, Shinji, can you put in a good word for me? I want to be the <laughs> Unit 3 pilot. And 
I'm like, oh man, just imagine how may- maybe maybe how differently things would have gone if Kensuke was uh, in this, that pod. This, um, <laughs> this entire episode is basically setting us up to be twisting the knife in the next episode in <laughs> yeah, many yeah. different ways and directions. I think, yeah. you know, one of them being you know Kensuke's getting his hopes and dreams up of being an Ava pilot here, um, right. And some of the others uh, being tied to, you know, Hikari and, you know, both her and both her and Hikari kind of start making their moves this episode. Right. Hikari tries to pull the old, hey, I made too much lunch for my family. I can start making lunch for you. Trick. See, see, this is where I say, like, Toji's not that that oblivious. Yeah, I'll say Toji knows. Toji knows. He's not, like, he's not stupid. You know, yeah. like, he'll play ball. Like he is like he like he's emotionally dead inside, but he still has enough awareness to be like, well, uh, so yeah, you want to make lunch for me? Sure, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, part of it is like, does he want to? Especially after getting the news, does he want to keep her at arm's length? Because he does his whole like countenance changes after he gets yeah. the news. Oh yeah, totally. Like, like yeah, because you know he's seen the what. Right. Being in an Evangelion is like it's. He doesn't think war is cool, unlike Kensuke. Right. Um. So it, it you can de- like you definitely see the the before and after. He gets the news, uh, and you know how it affects his his attitude and everything. So yeah. you know maybe he is trying to keep Hikari at arm's length because he doesn't want her to get hurt or something. If that's yeah. you want to get the, you know. But uh, you know what? Who cares about any of that? Because what really matters here is at the end of the episode, it's... when we see the plane flying in over the horizon, transporting Unit 3, and what better way to transport a fucking Evangelion unit than on a literal fucking cross? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we do catch our... our right. uh... this, is, this is officially in episode 18 at this point. This is at the end of episode. No, they, 17. they show it. At, yeah, they no, show it at the very end. Right. This is the, the very tail end of seventeen. It's like the last shot of seventeen is, and it bleeds. Three. I think Just, it bleeds into eighteen a little bit, but yeah, yeah. the yeah we kind of get the final shot. Uh, you know, unit three, the black edge lord Evangelion, uh, <laughs> flying in on a cross. Just, oh great. my fucking god! You couldn't like put it on a fucking flatbed in a <laughs> plane. Just no, it has to be crucified and underslung on this plane. Uh, I mean, what you, a you, unit two is under a tarp on a boat. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like they transported unit two on a boat. Like what? The- <laughs> well, yeah. you see, as the just seven going is very strong religious themes. <laughs> Did it not realize those themes until episode seventeen? <laughs> like back at episode, what was it? When did Oski? Was it eight? Like yeah, eight, nine. Eight. First episode, was, it, yeah. was like back at episode eight. Like Deke Ano had just dis- had just discovered like the cross. I was like, oh, that's a neat idea. I should put that in later. Like back at episode eight, was he just still like, nah, man, it's just a robot. Of course, you transport it on a boat. Uh, fucking the time we get to 17 he's just like nah man like i see it now i see the truth no the the ava units are like they're like they're like man you know you know man like that are messianic figures that need to be on a cross somewhere right but uh (laughs) anyway before we go on to 18 i want to shout out to this version of fly me to the moon the aki jungle version because it's very cool I have just started. I'm starting. Oh, I'm sorry. All these fucking versions are just starting to mix in my head. Like, I, <laughs> this I is just, like the like Eurobeat version. 
Yeah, it's, like there was a Eurobeat version like twelve yeah, episodes. So, so many. Like, this is the better one, so everybody go check that out. Um, wait, how, but tell Harley to check it out. It's not yeah. on Netflix. Oh no! Not I'm sure. Say, I'm sure it exists somewhere on the internet. The Gloria blog that's not endorsed. Uh, I'm not going to comment on this because I didn't actually read the article. I just saw the headline. Um, Intrepid Ava fans create Chrome browser extension that uh, <laughs> adds money to the moon. Yeah, I did see that. Watch like, Ava on yeah, Netflix again, I, Chrome browser. I also did not look at it that closely, but my question is: Does it match them to all to the correct episodes? I hope. I would hope so. Yes. And yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna put in that much work. It better have the right if, version. If, for the right if, I just want to say that if that's what you guys did, I want to say props to y'all for putting the work in. You did something. I think that is very important for this show. So, <laughs> you know, now yes. I hope somebody can next add in the Chrome browser extension to translate the on-screen text. And also, maybe- I would like to say at this, by this point, the next episode previews have fully migrated to just pans over stills. Yeah, thank you um, for uh, thank you and, for giving me that, uh, the opportunity, Hero. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Misato has stopped saying, I promise there will be fan service. Like, yeah, fully. he has stopped promising fan service. Times have gotten rough. Like, fan service, fan service is for fun times. Fan service is for, like, when we gotta dance to kill this angel. How can I or walk like, through and if there's no service, service? Or, or, like, I gotta wear this fat suit to go fight this angel in lava. This is for that. Now, fan service was for fun times, you know. Now we're in the bad times, and no time for fan service. But, um... Yes, yeah. Eero, thank you for mentioning that, because I wanted to bring up, like, obviously we have spoken of this time and time again. I feel like... However, this episode, 17, is the first episode I've watched where I was just like, how much of, how much of Evangelion as what we know about it, like, I don't know if I should say this conversation for after we talk about, no, because 18 and 19 actually look pretty good, so maybe I should just talk about this with 17, and, uh, how much of Evangelion's reputation, right? Like, like think about like, like I don't even mean like I'm not I'm not going to even use like my straw man version of like Evangelion's <laughs> reputation, but like the reputation Ava has earned in the mainstream as like, oh, you know, Evangelion, you know, like is this anime that starts off like this, but then it becomes this, and how much of that is, like I guess I guess how much of that was intended by the original creators versus the like grim necessity of like having to still like string together a coherent narrative despite the like very obvious like production issues that were happening and like how much of the reputation do like many fans hold to evangelion you know how much of this like very like you know very emotional and like very like very like you know i think overly invested like you know reverence for the show and what it becomes in its later parts how much of that is like actually there and how much of that is just fans reaching really hard for a show that like started to really fall apart production wise? That's a very interesting question uh, <laughs> because I don't think there's a black and white answer to that, of course, because I do think there is an intentional shift in the tone of the show. Oh, of course. But, I think that it is, it is when you're talking about and I, I think this will again I think it's good we start asking this question now because we're going to start seeing the the difference or if we haven't already. Like you said, 18 and 19 look great. And I will point out, uh, I think 18 in particular, 
was one of the couple episodes that they really had production IG helping on. Mm. Um, that was in the platinum notes. I don't think I put it in our notes, but just going to mention that in there. Right. So they did. Ha- but uh, I mean, they need all the fucking hell they could get. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think I don't think I can give a complete answer to that right now at this until the show is over. But sure, sure. I, I, I think mean, there's a little bit of everything. There's yeah, a little bit of truth to everything that you're saying yeah. in there as far as uh, I do think there's an intentional shift in the show, but I do also think maybe the fan perception is further off base than was intended because of, I, yeah, some of the I guess, circumstances around the production or whatever. Right, right. Because, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I mean... I, <laughs> Thanks to a, a certain tweet that uh, uh, I was—I wish I could remember who tweeted it. It was uh, Arrow. You, 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 you found it right. It was like—was it like the? Uh, I don't know which, which one we're talking about. The 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 unlike other mecha anime tweet. Um, the like the one that was like. <laughs> All right, whatever. The point is, there's a tweet that in like four words like immediately encapsulated my feelings about like the mainstream and often the the less informed about the mecha the genre one, the one that changed. was like is it the one that was like everyone like stop complaining about the netflix discourse because otherwise people will start saying oh oh unlike other mecha anime ava is yes, x yes. Okay. like it's going to distract people from that discourse right uh, anyways, yes. So the phrase "unlike other mecha anime," I think, in four words alone, completely encapsulates my feelings about the often mainstream and less informed takes on Evangelion as a show, which I think often stem from this, like you know, unlike other mecha anime, Evangelion does X, Y, and Z. You know, there's, except that there's like, like the perception that it is. If, I mean, it is not necessarily incorrect, but that's like. When I see people talking about Evangelion, they're talking about how it's like a great character drama and will spend time like really deep diving into the characters. And while I will agree with that, also, I don't don't think you can deny that like with this episode, the past couple episodes, that a lot of the tonal like waiting, standing around and talking while tonally consistent with the show is also driven by we have half as many frames in this episode as earlier episodes. Right. Like, cause I mean, here's the thing, like time and time again, you know, I see the take that's like, you know, unlike other mech anime, even Gellion makes the, you know, the genius himself, Hideki Anno makes the bold narrative choice to, uh, to, 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 uh, to reduce the show to just talking heads and stark backgrounds. <laughs> All right. That's how you said anime. you weren't drama that hard. Oh, because here's the thing. I think, you know, I yes, maybe I'm strawmanning a bit, but also here's the thing. I have read plenty of articles from places like The Verge and Vox that have literally said that word for word. And, like, these are not tidy outlets. These are large mainstream media outlets who, like, are communicating yeah. this message to a, an audience of thousands or hundreds of thousands. And they are, like, falsely claiming that, oh, like, you know – the production falling apart halfway through was a was a was a genius cr- creative choice by Hideki Yano. It was intentional. Like what a genius he was. Like what Whoa. a bold choice. Okay. So I want to th- I want to throw one counterpoint in here, and I'm not saying I'm just throw- I'm asking the question. I'm not giving an answer. At what point? Like 
at what point can you not hold people accountable for knowing not knowing the context? And at what point does perception become reality? I guess, it, you know, like, you know, can we expect your average person watching Evangelion to know that the back half had you know production troubles? Kind of in the same way that you know, can we expect somebody to know that you know a lot of the the emotional depth and meaning of Evangelion really stems from, you know, Anno's struggles with the depression and not, you know, crazy religious symbolism or whatever other stuff is going in there. So like, I mean, I, I think I would, again, I'm I not, mean, I'm not providing an answer. I'm asking. No, the question I, I, I totally get of, you. And, and you I'm know. not going to act like I have the answer to that because, you know, I am definitely, I don't like to, I, I don't want to gatekeep, right. I don't want people to be, I don't want to say like, Oh, like blah, blah, blah. Like you can't appreciate this work unless like, you know, X, Y, and Z. I guess, like for me, it's like I don't mind if, like, I guess I've never minded if that's the if that's the perception fans take away from like these works. Like, if you're a fan of Evangelion and you truly love it and you truly think that like it's the most original mech anime ever, that no other mech anime has ever done any of the things that Evangelion has done, like, like so be it. Like, you are free to enjoy your ignorance. Like, it, it is not like you know harmful or like offensive. I guess I've always just kind of bristled at like, especially now in this kind of post Netflix era of Evangelion we live in, where I'm beginning to see these like, you know, mostly from mainstream outlets, these very like, you know, heady think pieces about the show that like are coming from people who clearly have never like immersed themselves in the rest of the genre, you know, like, you know, uh, I have literally seen, you know, I have literally seen the line from like, I don't know if it was like The Verge or Vox or again, one of those mainstream outlets that was like, you know, unlike mother other mech anime like Transformers and Gundam, which star Rock'em Sock'em sentient robots with no like political messages whatsoever. And I'm just like, I want to strangle that person <laughs> because that person has clearly never watched fucking Gundam in their life. If they're going to call a call the robots sentient and B like say that there are no political messages in that show, like. Isn't that literally the wow, cool robot meme thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that. these writers are literally living up to the wow, cool robot meme. Like, while at the same time acting as if, like, Evangelion is the first mech anime that has ever, like, been introspective in the entire history of the genre. And, like, it is when those people, people who have audiences, people who, you know, look, maybe I'm, like, maybe I have unrealistic expectations of journalism, but have, like, you know, the... The, the 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 obligation to communicate like accurate information to an audience like when those people are spreading these kinds of like this kind of like misinformation that is where you know i fucking smash my head against the wall like unit zero <laughs> yes yeah well yeah again i think it's good we ask those questions now and think about them as we enter the, the the final stretch of the show here. But we'll we'll, we'll definitely be touching on that more throughout the uh, the last couple episodes of the podcast for sure. Um, but yeah, we still have we still have two episodes to talk about. Oh, now. Geez, so, yeah. we still have two more episodes to go through. So, so let's, let's make them uh, nineteen starts with the three on a cross being uh, flown into Japan. Yes, and we get some like surprisingly good English from a. Uh, from oh, the, the yeah. American staff. Yes. Yes. My, under, was... my understanding is this English was recorded by in-house Gainax employees. There was a oh. West there was a Westerner doing like in-house right. translation and oh, knew, and his like speakers. his like friends and his wife also did the English. Oh, which is why it sounds like native speakers. <laughs> okay. 
I was about to say, as Iro can attest, I literally said, wait, hang on. I think I forgot to switch the audio to Japanese before <laughs> I realized. Oh, no, yeah. they're actually talking in English in the audio, in the Japanese uh, audio track. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, we kick things off with episode 18, which is titled Ambivalence or The Choice of Life. Yes. Um, we, we, get a, we get a little bit of a moment here with Masato and Shinji back at the house catching up. I feel like they haven't been together in a while. Uh, Masato mentioned she's going to be, well, they kind of, Shinji asks all the stuff that Kensuke was talking about, like, oh, what, did, did Branch 2 really disappear? Is there going to be another Ava pilot and all that? And we, we kind of set up the recurring problem here with Masato not being able to bring herself to tell Shinji who the fourth child is. Right. Like yeah. there, this has been a, this has been a, a plot line since the last episode as well, where like, I think I think it's mostly just Ritz could be like, so are you gonna tell Shinji yet? And Misato's just like, mm, after that, like she keeps pushing it, she keeps like passing the yeah. buck, right? She, does, she she's clearly like, doesn't want to do it because she knows it's he's gonna right. freak out. She's like about to tell him, and then Kensuke kicks the door in and yes. says, "Make me the pilot of Unit Three. Right, right. I guess Kensuke does kind of ruin that, which oops, oh well. Um, yeah. I did write in this. I did write in this because uh, I don't know if they've said it or have they've explained it or is this something that's coming in a later episode, but. Uh, what is the S2 engine? Because uh, I don't know if they ever... I don't know if I missed it. Do they ever actually explain? Uh, they have not what explained it is. We can exactly talk, we can talk about the next episode okay. <laughs> when it's a little more important. Wait, wait, no, I don't think even in episode 19 yes, do I know. Well, 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 that's not relevant for us to talk about it. Okay, fine. I, that's fine. If, if it's not something I should know they yet, have, then that's fine. They have, not, if they they have not explained exactly what it is yet. They okay. just mentioned that's a thing that exists. Right. But, uh, but, uh, but yes, we uh, return to uh, the classroom. I guess we didn't really mention it in the prior podcast, but uh, Asuka also finds out who the fourth uh, child is. Right. She sees she, it on Kaji's monitor. Yes. Well, when she's trying to put the moves on Kaji, kind of poorly, might I add, um, she uh, yeah. reads the monitor. Well, and so. Uh, at least Kaji's not a pedophile. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yes, the, the, the extremely low bar we have set for our characters here. <laughs> but uh, yes, so that has kind of also uh, kind of caused a shift in Asuka's mood as well. Yes. Um, yeah, which is kind of interesting because you don't often think of Asuka as a, you know, sympathetic or even caring about other people or whatever at all. But she her mood does also shift. Um and we talk- just expresses it through like shouting loudly at people. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Toji, on the other hand, we kind of already mentioned it earlier, but his mood is completely shift. Yes. And we kind of see him acting very distant and detached. Yeah. He's he uh, hanging out on the rooftop. You yeah. Know, as cool anime kids do. He talks to Ray. Yeah. Ray's here. Well, Ray talks to him. Ray, Ray actually goes to find him, right? Yeah, right. yeah. I, that's interesting. Like, I was gonna say, is this the first time Ray has actively sought out another person to speak to, other than like maybe <laughs> Gendo? Like that's. Well, this is the like what, what I was saying. We keep we start seeing the hints of her, yeah, becoming more quote unquote normal. I guess I I, I do like this though. I, I do like their conversation a little, just because like it does give a little bit more uh, a few more wrinkles to Ray's character. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. She's, you know, we always we we keep 
giving Ray and more so Ray fans a hard time for her being right. like the emotionless doll or whatever. I mean, right? look, can you blame me? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, no, no, her, no. Her right characterization please. up until now, like, yeah, rightfully yeah, so. We have on paper but... uh, characterization. Uh, she smiled at the end of episode seven. <laughs> uh, she talked shit to Asuka that one time. She said, thank you. she said thank you. She said thank you to Shinji. Yep. So that's, that's literally much, it. Uh... And now she went and she actually went to try to talk to Toji. Yeah, um, it's yeah. like almost expressing concern for him in a way. Oh, then, but then he throws her off by saying, like, ah, it's not like you to care about other people. You only care about Shinji. Right. Yeah. A weird line to throw out there in the middle yeah. of this conversation. But... Nobody nobody in the show knows how to how to talk to other people, is basically yeah. what, what it I comes guess you're down right. to. It's maybe, the one, maybe, it's maybe the one time in Toji's entire time on screen where he has done something uh, less uh, mm-hmm. or more antisocial than I would assume from a guy like him who is otherwise... Seems like the most well-rounded guy in the cast. Well, that's... I mean, that seems to be, like we said, the shift where he's being well, that's, that's, distant, that's, but... that's just what being an Ava pilot does to it. It makes, you emotionally, <laughs> it makes you emotionally distant and unstable. Yes, that's just... that's, that's You don't need the... to be unstable to be an Ava pilot. Being an Ava pilot makes you unstable. Like, is that the implication here? Like, just... You don't even have to get into the robot yet? Just... <laughs> the very nature of becoming one like causes like like changes causality in 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 this in the spectrum of reality itself to change you into a more <laughs> dour, emotionally distant, unstable individual. That's uh, I mean, the 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 proof doesn't lie on this one. The but shoe fits. The shoe fits. Um, but yeah, so we have I wanna, a. I want to highlight a quick gag here. Okay. So like the teach every time it cuts to the classroom, oh, it's that same it's that same old teacher, and every time like this was in like the first few episodes too. Like he's only ever talking about second impact, right? And he's, like, he's only ever talking about same- second impact in relation to like personal anecdotes. He's like the only fucking lesson he gives is about yeah. second impact every time. And like. Like it, it almost leans into it, like it further leans into the realization that like oh this class isn't really a class this class is a holding pen for right. like potential Ava pilots so like it doesn't actually even really We're matter just keep hammering home how bad second impact was and how yeah. we're third <laughs> impact yeah yeah um yeah. all right so That's we get about- a oh go ahead we get a couple more scenes kind of leading up to the the more intense stuff later, but, uh, you know, we, we get, uh, Hikari going to Asuka for, you know, relationship advice, which is, seems like a bad idea to me, uh, but, uh, all right, all right, Hikari, you want to get your man, you should tackle him from behind, keep clinging to him. Yes. Yes. Uh, in, in, in the list of people, like if I were to stack rank, like the top 10 or the top, not even the top 10, fuck, I couldn't even put together a top 10, but the top five, like people in Evangelion, I would go to for relationship advice. Asuka would be like number 15. And I don't know if I can even name 15 Evangelion characters. Like I, I, would, put, I would put air guitar guy above Asuka for going to relationship advice for put the like, third angel over Asuka for relationship advice. <laughs> No, what's the one that splits? That one's got must have a good relationship if it's actually two people. Sure, 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 yeah. sure. Like, 
I don't even know. You know what? I can't even tell you who's going to be number one. I can't. I was about to say Misato, but no. Hell no. God, no. Misato would be no. would give awful relationship advice. She doesn't but, even but like... Yes, but would it be the least awful of the cast? I mean, I think... I think okay, here's the thing. Real talk, I think... I think in all in all seriousness, knowing Misato's character, I think Misato, like if you asked her for relationship advice, Misato would give the kind of advice that's like do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah she like, may give good think, advice, but just be very bad at following it. Like, like I, think, I think Misato logically knows, like she rationally knows like what a good relationship looks like. She's just emotionally incapable of realizing that for herself. Yeah. That's that's probably fair. Um and so then we also get if we want to talk about poor decisions here, I, I guess they asked Kaji to babysit the kids while Misato is off on the test. Uh, yeah, right. we need a we need a responsible adult to watch the kids. Because first we, of all, they like like I don't know why they need a babysitter all of a sudden. I don't know if like word got out they were making out the other day or something. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say like frankly, like Asuka and Shinji, like I mean, barring their extremely dysfunctional relationship, I think seem. For the most part, mature enough to take care of themselves. It's like, I mean, wasn't Shinji basically living by himself before the show? Like, right. his, like future or something. Yeah, but like that barely counts. I mean, like I feel like, and and fuck, isn't Asuka supposed to be an anime super genius? I'm sure she can fucking handle like cooking. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure if if she can't cook, I'm sure she's smart. She can use that anime super genius skills to to walk to the local Seven Eleven and get yourself a get yourself a bento or something. So, do they, do they have DoorDash in Tokyo Three? <laughs> I mean, it is what twenty uh twenty fifteen. So it's a couple years, couple couple years early for DoorDash. I think. Uh, I think uh, I think some of the other ones would have been. I think some of the other services. I, I remember in college, I was using DoorDash. So in the big, like, like maybe like Postmates or something in the big cities. Mm, I mean, so. is a big city, right? So yeah. anyway, um, Asuka makes it clear that she knows who who it is, but then refuses yes. to tell Shinji. Yes, everybody being kind of a fucking dick this episode. I mean, I can get why you wouldn't want to tell him, but I, I feel like not telling him is worse than telling him. Okay, so, and before we get to that moment, because we're clearly getting there. Um, so after the events of episode 18, we understand why maybe people didn't want Shinji to know who the fourth child was. But prior, prior to that, I guess I'm kind of struggling to understand why everybody is so hesitant, hesitant to tell Shinji that Toji is the fourth child. Like, like prior to everything going wrong, like before things have gone wrong, what? I mean, th- think, well, think about so what Shinji for think, if think about knew, what uh, piloting the Evangelion means to Shinji and how yes. he would feel about his best friend having to do it, I guess. But like, he already pilots with Asuka and Rei, people that he is not exactly friendly with. He, like, holds an emotional investment in. Yeah, like, I, I just he, think that was, I mean, because that was a thing that was already in existence he, prior to him being a pilot, though, right? Like, I guess I, don't so. know. Yeah. I, I guess I'm trying to figure, like, like look, once everything's gone wrong, I definitely understand. I guess for me, it's like before everything has gone wrong, like, I, I kind of figured, like, I don't know. I guess I guess I'll always be a Kensuke at heart. I guess I'll just like my mentality. But like, oh, good, another ally. Maybe somebody else can carry some of this horrifying emotional burden for me. Mm. 
Yeah, but that's well, I think I think that's in line with that's not Kui. that's not really Shinji's character. Yes, yes, I know Shinji as like as far as yeah. I, again, I I think it's much worse not telling him <laughs> than telling him. I would still yes, be not yes. want to tell him, but uh, it's not so bad where I would feel like I would have to keep putting it off and putting it off. Um, yeah. But uh, like like I would understand why he would be you know upset, but perhaps not as upset as he'll be by the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. so, you know, I we finally get conversation with Kaji when they're in the bedroom. Yes. Uh, we kind of end that bit with uh, Kaji and Shinji trying to go to sleep and Shinji asks about what's my dad like? Um, and Kaji, Kaji gives this, you know, you know, Nobody can truly understand each other. Right, right. Kaji's trying to sound way, way more wise than his years. Just like, right. Nobody can understand each other, man. I mean, I'm not even sure I understand myself. You know, (laughs) and it's just like, oh, please. He's doing his best. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, uh, joking aside, he's probably not wrong in what he was I mean, saying. It was it's, pretty solid advice. But. His end point is like, that's why we all need to keep trying to understand each other. Or whatever. Right, right. I, I, I know Kaji's eventually trying to spin this into a positive message. I guess just considering fucking who Shinji is, like, I just don't see it ever working, so. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and so, uh, Time for Unit Three as Unit Three's activation test. Yeah, they start to test Unit Three. Unit Three, yeah. and it's uh, it's very human eyeballs. <sighs> yeah. So, um, I feel like in general these sync tests have very low success rates. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't fucking know why they bother. I feel like these sync tests often go about as disastrously as like fueling uh, the Ava. This this is probably the worst one. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable saying it's the worst one. Uh, uh, worst ever been. Uh, I think that is uh, so, pretty safe to say. So they 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 sync it up. They pass all the norm. We see all the normal syncing up graphics. Yeah, we see that. Uh, at least initially, Toji manages to pass the the threshold. What's it called? The threshold. So the seems like everything's going great. Yeah, and then. The Goop Angel shows up. <laughs> yes. So um, things go very wrong. The uh, Evangelion starts freaking out, and we don't immediately know why, but we can probably figure it out. Um, conveniently, I should I wanted to mention that uh, Misato and Ritsuko are not here. Uh, they went off to some other test thing or something, and Gendo is in they're, charge. They're close enough to like be. At the test, they're they're, at the yeah, test facility. They are the test facility, right? right but they're, they're, not, they're not at the command center calling the shots, basically. Right. Um, yeah, like it, as far as we know, they blew up with Unit Three. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, at least that is the implication. When yes, Unit Three, we start to see some like goop coming out of it. It doesn't look good. Unit Three opens its, its mouth. It's like, "What's up, y'all?" And then explodes. Yeah. So uh, Gendo. Point is, Gendo is in charge now. Yeah, for once. Um, Gendo and, is in charge of this operation. And we see exactly what happens when Gendo is the one calling the shots. Yeah. Yes. I mean, hey, sorty so, all Avas to uh, yeah. fight the, yep. the thing. Yeah. So 
uh, we officially classify now the the 13th angel as appearing. Uh, it is for Bro, all intents and purposes. Like an unit. It is for all intents and purposes unit three, but in reality, it's some. As G said, it's basically some goop that took it over, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally the nano machines from that Ritzko episode, uh. except like instead of a computer virus, it's an actual virus, I guess. Right. You see, like the, the like the actual like goo attached, like sealing in the entry plug. Right? Yeah, yeah, they do that thing, yes, they try to eject the entry plug, and then this fucking asshole angel knows the fucking score yeah. and blocks the eject port. Yeah. yeah, so um, so Gendo being in charge, he sorties all three uh, Evangelions um, and uh, does not go well for Asuka. No, no. <laughs> she gets owned she off gets, screen. <laughs> gets her ass beat off screen. We the, don't even get to see her fire her Ava-sized bazooka. And yeah, is this the part where she has like all the weapons and everything, or is that happening? No, no, she's got her bazooka and like. Yeah, so th- this one. Tenji's like, oh, man, I wonder who's in it. And she's like, you still don't know. Cut gets cut off. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> so, so she she's the first to go down. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, Gendo tells Ray to f- try to engage it at long range, yeah. right? Or or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, she can't. Uh, she oh, yeah. she, know, she, she, she knows she too. She knows too that Toji's in there. Yeah. And she, and, Ray here. She actually hesitates to pull the trigger. And uh, that's long enough for uh, the 13th Angel to uh, own her ass too. So, yep. so she gets incapacitated. And um, Shinji finally gets a visual on it. And realizes that it's an Evangelion, and before he even knows it's Toji, he's like, "Well, if that's an Evangelion, there's probably another kid in there, and I don't want to kill yeah. this kid." Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to take the shot right. either. Like they have to, right? Ray, they have to jettison Ray's arm as well. Yes, yes, because it's getting infected by the, uh, right, by the right, goop. Right, right. So Unit Zero loses an arm. Unit Zero has a tough time in this show, man. Unit yeah. Zero. I mean, look, I keep saying it, man. Like, like Unit you know, Zero. Zero doesn't do fucking jack shit in this show. Um, other than so, so you know, Ray couldn't take the shot. Uh, Shinji can't take the shot, but Gendo sure can take the shot. Yeah. So we have. So yes. Yeah, so to kind of give to clarify, uh, Shinji doesn't want to take the shot, and as a result, uh, the thirteenth angel gets into range and starts strangling the fuck out of Shinji. Got some stretchy and- arms. Got its super stretchy arms, its piccolo it's, arms, yeah, it's piccolo arms, um, and you know Gendo and everybody at nerves like Shinji, you gotta fight back. You're going to die, and Shinji's like, I'd rather die than kill another person, and and then Gendo's just like, fuck this shit. All right, turn on the dummy plug, <laughs> activate, activate, fake Ray yes. brain. So, all right, good thing Ray has, has synchronization with Unit One. Uh, yeah, about <laughs> that. Yeah, so well, so they turn the dummy plug system on because Shinji refuses to fight, which uh, you know puts the puts Unit One in, I guess, autopilot at this stage into a kill kill mode. Yes, yes. and um, it's not a pretty fight. Oh, I it's, I love this. I love I'm sure you love it, G, but it is not a pretty fight. No, 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 no. no. I mean, yes, it's not pretty, but I loved the like. The, 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 the scale and the theatrics and the impact of it. Like, it like is it's extremely brutal. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's unpleasant. It's, it's unpleasant as hell, but like, it's like, I guess the reason why I love it is because you can so clearly tell what like Anno was going for with like the vibe and thematic elements of this fight, quote unquote fight, you know, more like a fucking a curb stomping than anything. And, uh, I think they have the the animators and 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 the animation directors and and everyone visually have like succeeded so well at like you know I I, I hate to use this word because it shows up all the time in game reviews but like it's so visceral like you just <laughs> well there's literally viscera flying around yeah yeah, yeah there are so if there are there are angel or unit three bits just fucking flying off and like crashing into the mountainside just pulsing bloody pieces and it's everyone in the control room just like slack jawed slack jawed and like disgusted and like it really ties back to like that line oscar had a few like episodes ago where she was like like that's what we're piloting literally have a shot of the river running red with blood yes yes like you know i've said it time and time again that what evangelion does is take the 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 age-old metaphor of the giant robot as the monster and makes it literal and 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 not just literal like physically but like but like literal like emotionally and mentally right like like the, the 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 way that unit one acts in the scene right like it it goes beyond just like oh it's tearing up like something fleshy it is it is yeah. ripping apart something fleshy in the way only like you know an animal can and it's like it's oh it's, it, it's magnificent i yeah i, I love this it. uh didn't you say this bit was also ganax's young ace yo yoshinari uh yes yes yoshinari um yes so you know me as the trigger stand will uh, happily uh, point out that yes, Yoshinari uh, key animated several uh, key uh, points of uh, this this fight, and uh, in fact, you know, I could say that for a lot of scenes. I haven't said it a lot because, like, I, I don't remember every single one that Yoshinari's done. But uh, if you look up, if you look up the credits, um, think of any time Evangelion has ever looked good. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> well- I'm not even joking. If you go to, like, the Sakakaburu and look it up, like, Yoshinari's credits for uh, Evangelion, just the TV series, like, every single time the show looks good, I would say there's a solid three out of five chance that Yoshinari contributed to it in some, like, major way. Well, we, we talked about the last time we we mentioned Gainax's young ace, Yo Yoshinari, was uh, the first time uh, Unit 1 goes berserk. Yes. Um, so, right. you know, kind of a similar... No, uh, Yoshinari, he's, uh, he's quite good at spoilers. He turns out that dude is quite talented. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Misato wakes up. Uh, turns out she and Ritsuko are fine. All those nameless scientists, though, fuck them. Oh, they're fucking hella dead. Um, but uh, she just has just time to call Shinji on the radio and for Shinji to see that the fourth children, this is Toji, they, uh, yeah, so, so scream, cut to credits. I will say, I you know, um, yes, I, I yes, they. I guess the the thing is that the twist, quote unquote, is he survived because before that, uh, I want to say that the key moment of I think this scene, this fight, right, oh, yeah. is like there is of course Ava one like brutalizing Unit Three, like that in and of itself is you know that, and of course you hear Shinji screaming on the radio over and over again, begging Gendo to stop it. Right. right, and where it goes from like 
where this goes from like so here's the thing i, I don't know if i want to get into this now or maybe after episode 19 like, i want to talk about like the thing i've really loved about this string of episodes is kind of like the sense of desperation you feel from nerve and the characters as a whole in this show like I don't, I don't mean to justify Gendo's actions in this episode. I don't mean to exonerate it or even claim they're remotely, like, morally, like, defendable. But what you can feel in the bones of this show is, like, what do you expect? What else can they, what what else do you want them to do? Like, nothing works. They do not have a lot of options. Like, the guns don't work. The axe doesn't work. The deagle doesn't work. Like, our pilots are unstable and unreliable. Like, the robots, the things we're fighting don't even look like fucking monsters anymore. Like, what do you expect us to do? Like, we have no options left. And so I'm not trying to act like, you know, oh, like, you know, Gendo made the hard choice. But it's like, maybe Gendo made the only choice they had, right? And well, like, the, um, yeah, because when, when Shinji's like, you know, I'd rather die than kill another person. Yeah, that's, that's a, I, I think that's a, a, a choice you can make, but everybody else is going to die too. Like what else right. you exactly. do you exactly. do? And it's I like, think that's why, um, I mean like even the title of the episode is ambivalence where right. like ambi- when, when you're ambivalent, like you don't feel great about either option, right? Like it's, and that's why that's kind of what I felt about this episode. And even episode 19 is like, I kind of love that. Like the characters in the show are not doing bad things. I mean, they're not doing bad things just because they're bad people, as often happens in like less nuanced fiction. They're doing bad things because they're lost they and desperate, and they don't know what else they can do. Right. And but that said, the key moment of this fight that I think takes this from like like up until this moment, I was like, well, Gendo made the hard choice. But where this goes from making a hard choice to like what borders on like abject cruelty. Is when Gendo okay. still does not does, still does not disable the dummy plug when Unit One is holding the um, uh, entry the plug entry plug of Unit Three in its hand and like just crushes, it. crushes yeah. it. Doesn't hands. he um, doesn't he even like smirk at some point? Yeah, it's... he smirks when the thing gets crushed. Like, yeah. like that is where that is where for me, like I felt in my gut, like. Like initially, I was like, "This is this is rough to watch," but like, this is also like, you know, you know, it, it, it's a tagline of Pacific Rim: "To fight monsters, we created monsters. These are the monsters we created." But then right. this goes into like this kind of abject, almost unnecessary cruelty mm-hmm. when the Unit Three is clearly in oh, no fighting condition. Been torn limb from limb. Right, right. You know, to quote The Simpsons, you know, stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Well, I think you know this. I think they still want you to think Gendo's a bad guy, right? Like, yes. Yes. So, and, and I guess did that scene have to exist to prove like, oh, Gendo isn't just making hard choices. He is also he's also making cruel choices. I, I think I think um, I kind of interpret that as Gendo has kind of how would I put it? He's kind of made himself believe that he has to be this monster, right? that's that's kind of if that makes sense yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. i mean like like so like it, i'm not i'm not gonna say it's not like it's playing a role or something but like he's he's accepted this role and he's gonna you know play it 
to hundred percent or whatever. Right. But, um, and, and also I think there's some implication that he has other objectives with this all happening. Uh, of course. Uh, so, yes. Yes. I'm sure in some roundabout way, like, I don't know if he's really like delighting in the human suffering of this more so that his plan, it's all according to Keikaku, right? Yes. Yes. But, uh, but yeah. Either way, it's that's where it goes from making a tough choice. You got the dummy plug working, yay! Right, right. Well, I mean, they got the dummy plug working with, uh, as I wrote down in my notes, just because uh, it's a good bit of techno babble. Thirty-two uh, percent emotional elements are unclear. <laughs> yes, when it, when it slinks up, yeah. Yes, so that's you know. Well, so long as it connects, it's all they need. Yeah, and so we kind of go straight into episode nineteen. Yeah, we're like, we should just right into it. Yeah. Like Shinji's yes. so fucked up in the Ava, and he is not happy about <laughs> about yeah, having, yeah, unit one, yeah, butcher's friend. Like Shinji starts like shouting and like. You know, like to, to to lead back to like the earlier conversation, I am glad that you have people like Maya and like other nerf people that aren't Yendo that are like like we had we had no choice. Like we had to do this. And you know, of course, like Shinji, I think, you know, is in his right to still be angry, of course. So like, you know, right. even if he did not commit the act, his quote unquote body was used to commit it. You know, if we're going to use the like mechs as a metaphor for our bodies, like reading. I mean, they do things. we do they do feel like everything that's going on, right? Like yeah, yeah. And, like, I do kind of love, though, that, like, Gendo's just like, man, this fucking kid. Increase LCL density. <laughs> right. Just <laughs> knock him out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, yeah he, I don't he, know. I, I got to laugh out of that. That was pretty good. He, he was I, pretty pissed, though. He's like, I got enough uh, time yeah, left in this yeah, thing. Yeah, I, 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 headquarters. I really <laughs> like that line of, like, I have three minutes power. That's enough to destroy half of headquarters. Like, yes. Like, Shinji is angry. <laughs> like, and, like, I think we've said it time and time again. Shinji is the kind of kid who, like, just because of, like, I don't know, his environment and, like, who he is as a person. Like, he is the person who, like, he bends over backwards and he takes it and he takes it and he takes it until he can take it no longer. And then... He just explodes. And, and then you get the shit you that's like, in three minutes, I could fuck you up all real bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, fucking try me. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see more we'll of that later this episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, you know, Gendo, Gendo puts an end to that, like you said, G, by by knocking him out via LCL yeah. there. But, uh, you know, we we move along and kind of see the aftermath of the fight. Right. The cleanup crew for, for cleaning uh, up the wreckage of Unit Three. We talked about it's, Viscera. Uh, there's a big, pretty Unit Three. Um, massive amounts of blood splashed everywhere. Yeah. Um, you can you just feel the <laughs> this house was crushed by a hand. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of getting back to like my early days of talking about the physical. The, the mechanical physicality of this show, like just like you can feel the scale of these fights in in a very real way that I think really speaks to uh, the accomplishments of the uh, the Gynax crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to- Toji wakes up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So Hikari visits Toji, and uh, after, after he spends uh, like a couple. Uh, oh dear. Evacuate to their designated shelters immediately. 
Okay, we're back. Uh, some slight technical difficulties here. I don't think there was any smooth ways for us to salvage that, so we're just going <laughs> to do a hard jump back in here. Yeah, the, um, uh, the podcast went berserk. We lost control. Uh, yes, so we've, we've... We've activated the dummy plug so we can keep going. Yes, yes, we are in fact, we all three of us speaking are in fact just uh, uh, copied <laughs> brainwaves of the original Gel, uh, Iro, and G yeah. uh, continuing this podcast. You can go visit our real bodies in the hospital. Anyway, yeah, um, so 19, uh, Toji's in the hospital, he lived, and uh, he, he falls asleep and wakes up in, like, Shinji's weird orange train car <laughs> yes. uh, mental world or something. Where he's speaking to Ray, yeah. So how how do you guys interpret that? Uh, that um, it's a really good question, Gel. I didn't think very hard about it. Quite frankly, I was just like, oh, this is just more weird Ava shit. But, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think, Iro? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the tr- like. Obviously, the train is some kind of like personal mental. You know, it's I, the velvet room, right? Like, I, look for me. All right, in all seriousness, I've always viewed because Evangelion is not the first anime and not the last anime, not even the first or last piece of media to do this type of like storytelling, like the yeah. storytelling framework. And I have always just assumed that, like, on like a on a diegetic level, scenes like these are meant to be like metaphorical, like they. Like they don't yeah. necessarily even exist within the sh- the show themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. They kind of exist like, as a like. Yeah, I feel like this is the first true abstract bit we've seen in the series because even when Shinji was like in the angel, like you could kind of that was still like in Shinji's brain, right? Like, Whereas, like, yes, like Shinji inside the angel, I felt like that was still in the show. Moments like right. these, I almost prefer to see as like almost weird, like, uh, what's the word? Um, I mean, we do know. We do know Ano's friends with Ikuhara, right? So. <laughs> right, right. Almost like Iku. intermission, like almost like intermissions of a sort, like an acknowledgement by the work itself that this is like not necessarily does not necessarily exist in mm-hmm. the right. work itself. It's an abstract thing, yes. right? So yeah. And this would be a very Ikuhara move. Yeah. So just saying. But anyways, uh, Yeah, so uh, uh Go ahead, Iro. Shinji goes off on like how he kept trying to understand his father, but his father doesn't try to understand him at all. Yeah. Right. And, uh, is that kind uh, of just it? Or, and then yeah. uh, Toji and, wakes up? Yep. Toji wakes up. Hikari's there to, yes. to make sure he's okay. Although, yeah. from the uh, shot, we could tell he is missing a leg. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad that's what was going on there. I, yeah, they go to the wide yes. shot, and you can kind of tell... He's not. Uh, they, okay. I do appreciate they don't just fucking say it. Yeah. They just yeah. show the blanket. Right. They just right. kind of leave you there to like kind of stew in the scene. It's uh, they don't, they don't do the uh, the melodramatic phantom limb thing, right? And just right. You know. <laughs> I mean, you know, fucking whatever, dude. Like, I'm it's, it's been world. nine years. Like, <laughs> I'm sure, like, they have pretty advanced cybernetics in that world. Like, if they can look, if they can grow an Ava, would, they can grow a limb. I, I have always maintained, and not just in Ava, in any mecha setting, <laughs> if your technology is sufficiently advanced enough to create a mobile humanoid giant robot, I guarantee you your technology is also advanced enough to make, like, 
bionic arm. Like yes, bionic lives. Right. So. I mean, even even in, even in today's technology, we're getting close to having you know not uh, fully you know functional replaceable arms, but we have you know yeah. options. The point um, is, Koji's gonna be fine. And look, if he plays his cards right, he might even like get like a machine gun installed in that leg. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so Shinji gets put in triple cuffs and dragged into his father's office. Yes. Yeah, and he's still Gendo pretty. Uh, he's still pretty mad. Yeah, yeah. Gendo tries to throw the book at him, and Shinji's just just like, "Nah, fuck you. I quit." I will. I really like the end of this bit where Gendo tries to pull the I'm disappointed in you to make Shinji stay and, and Shinji like, has none of it. Right, like Shinji has just completely run out of fucks to get like, about you like, get oh mm. <laughs> well, well Gendo's like Gendo's like I don't I don't expect we'll ever see each other again and Shinji's like that's the plan, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but like you know Gendo is saying these specific lines to try and Keep right. him there, right? Because like that's the problem. That's who Gendo is. Like Gendo, right? Like when he said, like like when he said, like when he said a while back, like good work, Shinji. This like yeah. cal- calculated lines to there, yeah string like, him that, along, right? Like that's the thing. Like even now, you realize that Gendo needs Shinji, and like, but also he is Gendo himself is such an emotional fuck up. He cannot even just bring himself to be like, my bad, I fucked up, right. He's got to try to do this reverse psychology thing. Right, like, he's time like, backfires. Yes, yes. And so um, uh, Shinji uh, kind of prepares to walk away from there from good. Uh, yeah. Runs into and Kato. There's a lot of... So there's a lot of parallels in this episode With to episode the four. first time. Yeah. Yes. Episode, episode four, the first time that Shinji tried to quit. And it's interesting to see how differently Shinji handles all of this uh you know 15 episodes later or whatever uh you know even the platinum notes brought this up this is you know in case you can figure it out this is to show his character development or whatever but is it so uh, well i don't actually remember what coming up but when kensuke calls shinji on the phone here and he's like i wanted to be a pilot too you even told you got to be a pilot what about me and then he gets cut off like is that the last time kensuke shows up in this show uh, for real? For I really? can't. I, I don't remember. remember. Like it's probably I the last time he was be. relevant. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, um, I, I never. You know, I'm never gonna. Be like, oh no, not the vital character Kensuke. But uh, <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. If that if this is kind of the last, like, I mean, I guess I'm kind of surprised in general that like, and that is kind of what leads me to like my talks that I had earlier in this podcast about like. How much of Evangelion's plot shift is intentional versus how much of it was like a realization of their like material realities? Because like, like if this was always the, d- the direction the show is going to take, why did you even have a character like Kensuke in the first place? Because like he doesn't really narratively serve that important of a purpose. Like he doesn't do anything in this show that couldn't have been accomplished by another character. I guess he he had some exposition in there and. He had that he had that one scene early on when Shinji is uh, wandering around and they find right right when he's like camping, he's, like, camping right, but I guess what I mean at. is like if that's the culmination of what that entire character was intended to be used for like hmm. I guess what I mean is like 
I can't. I, I, it is impossible for me to believe that everything that is happening now at this point in Evangelion was 100% intentional. If like there are characters that exist that were clearly like either like or, or characters that exist that like were never really quite used to their fullest potential in any meaningful uh, way. He, I, he was just filling out the like. It it makes it looks better to have three have two friends instead of one friend he's hanging out with. Sure, know, like, sure. Yeah, I think I I don't think Kensuke was ever meant to be super important, but no, I definitely don't yeah. believe so either. But what I mean is that in a different type of show, in a different type of show, you could have, have a big moment, right? Like, well, no, no. I was actually going to go as far as like, in other types of in other types of shows, you you are allowed to have ancillary characters that don't do anything very important, you know, like. Because, like, the tone and the breadth of the show allows for characters that don't necessarily, like, matter much. But, like, the way Evangelion has framed itself now, especially in these later episodes, every character, like, almost every character is important in some way. Like, even Hikari is important in, like, the vague sense of, like, she is important because that relates to Toji's, like... You got, you got like, the bridge bunnies, bunnies, though. I guess that's got, like, true. Yeah. I, I, you know, I guess that that is true. Those characters also don't really do jack shit. But, yeah, they're uh, just padding it out because you need. I mean, you need bodies there, you right? Need, you need you need bodies for a crew. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Talk, so talks with Misato at the train station. Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna mention because uh, the phone that never rings rings. Uh, this time when he goes to the train station, he's having a pretty straightforward conversation with Masato. Like it's not like the, the weird thing where they stood there for an entire 50 seconds, uh, mm-hmm. the last time, uh, you know, yeah, the, they are, they, they, they hit a lot of the same beats as that, that episode, but Shinji's handling it like completely differently now. And he, he's rather than like, okay, I'm not going to say he's not running away, but he's running away. Be- he's running away because he like legitimately wants to at this point. Right. Like he's made a decision. It may be the wrong decision, but rather, he's... rather than like episode four, where he was just like emotionally overwhelmed. Right. right. This, like, this, yeah, is, this yeah. is something he's doing with his, with conviction that he's decided to do on his own. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he quits. And of course, conveniently, as soon as he's about to get on the train, <laughs> or, <laughs> he gets out. Yeah, another the, uh, angel attacks Tokyo Three. Yes, this 14th. big goof, goofy looking blob guy with flappy arms is here. Yeah. Yes, the Fourth, like weird angel, dismembered who, corpse angel. Yeah, who kind of looks vaguely humanoid, which we haven't had in a while. I, I mean, I, he looks like a a monster suit that has a man inside of it. Yes, yes, I, I yes. definitely, I definitely pointed out while I was watching. Oh, I was like, oh shit, a humanoid angel. We haven't yes. seen one of those in a hot minute. So, um, yeah, he's kind of got these stubby little limbs and his, like, melted skull face. Yes. Right. Uh, Flappy uh, ribbon arms. Yeah, yeah, he starts uh, fucking shit up. Right? One blast pierces 18 of 22 layers of armor! Yes, <laughs> yes. Shooting these uh, very uh, cross-shaped right. explosions because, I guess, Otto's just They're fully leading into this bullshit. Well, that we we've, we saw that with... Um, the first angel that they fought had this. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying they're finally back. I feel yeah. like when I think about what Evangelion is, all of them shoot crosses, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, with Shinji gone, they have to uh, obviously fight Sorty with Rain Asuka. Yeah. Make do with what so, they got. And- so, uh, they don't even well, bother going to the surface and so just deploy in the geo front. 
Yes, that is how desperate the situation is. Yeah, so so if we recall, Unit Zero got its arm ripped off not very long ago, so they've moved Ray to, and Unit One's probably the better choice at this point anyway. They've moved Ray to Unit One, yes. and, um, and that does not go well. Nope, yep. does not work. <laughs> so much for those sync tests. Yes, yeah, so much for uh, so much for the idea of Ray being like this easy and stable and reliable pilot that we could just slot in anywhere we wish. So Ray, Ray can't sync up. And naturally, since the dummy plugs are based on her, mm-hmm. dummy plugs can't sync up. So yes. unit one is just dead weight at yes. this point. Gendo, Gendo says it's rejecting me. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting choice of yes. words. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so they don't have unit one, which leaves only Asuka. And she, yes. she gets her yeah. chance here. This is the this is the part I was talking this this is the part I was yeah. talking about right where she she yeah. breaks literally every gun this every is, weapon I mean, it, it, eventually I mean you know point spoiler in a number but, of Super Robo Wars games this is Unit 2's ultimate attack yes but I will say this is a cool fucking moment like yes. it, this is one of my favorite tropes in like mecha anime <laughs> is when like the robot just like when the robot is just like. I need the gun. Everything. Which guns? All of the guns. Brings every gun. Like, yeah. It like it even does the trope of like literally like like planting them in the ground. So like it doesn't even need time to reload. It's just fucking dumping the clip and then throwing them away. <laughs> another gun. New guns. It's so good. She's fucking <laughs> double fisting these rifles. They don't work. She throws them away. She double fists these bazookas. Like Still it's so work. good. Uh, eventually, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of this is Asuka's fault versus just the fault of like. At this point in this show, like all conventional weapons have completely failed against yes. like the angels. Just nothing yeah. works anymore. Like, and she, she tries. Yeah, she uh, does. She does. And and, does not uh, end well. Deploy um, the floppy ribbon arms. Yeah. So these uh slicey ribbon arms come out of uh, the 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 fourteenth angel and uh, fuck her shit up. Yep. Uh, um. Take off both arms and then go for the decapitation. Yes, I was gonna say um, in la- the prior episode, um, they had to cut off, they had to purge uh, Unit Zero's arm, and they said the line like, "We haven't disconnected Ray from like the, the, the like nerve, nerve connection." Yeah. Yes, right. and Gendo's like, "Do it anyways," and we see her in the kind of pain one might be in if they suddenly had their arm cut off. Mm-hmm. Did they ever imply they managed to do that in time for Asuka? Yeah, they, they yeah, do cut they, they, the they, control room, and Misato says, cut the nerves. Okay, because yeah. I was about to say... There's a shot of Asuka grasping her shoulders in, like, extreme pain, and okay. then they cut the nerves before it cuts the head off. Right, because they, right. cut, they cut Unit 2's head off, and I was about to say, uh... I mean, she's still... That do? She was still connected for the arms, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? the head yeah. would probably kill you if that's what they're yeah. what they're implying. The but impl- the implication. And like one of my favorite shots in this episode is just Shinji sitting in the shelter, yes. and then the shelter is crushed by Unit Two's like head. The bloody, dismembered head of Unit Two. Yeah, that, that, I, that's gonna come up. That's just the instant, like, oh shit. Yes, <laughs> I I am so glad you brought up that shot, Eero, because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. I think that shot is amazing. Like that yes. shot is like that shot is like why I really like episode. Like despite the fact that despite what I said at the beginning of this podcast, that I'm not like entirely sold on this tree of episodes as like my favorite or what I think are the best episodes of Evangelion. I will say I think episode 19 is undoubtedly one of the strongest episodes of this show, and it is because of like these like very 
striking like compositions that like yeah are just like so good and like they're so good in that mecha anime way of communicating the scale and magnitude of these battles but also like in that very ava way of communicating like the physical cost of these fights yeah it it says a lot in that one shot with just without saying a word or doing anything in just in just a couple seconds right because can you think about where shinji's at what the implications mm-hmm. of him seeing that means to him right uh, like so much so much happened and, and and you know what and the decision that he has to ultimately make like that all gets tied up in just one shot and it's so it's so good yeah it's it's magnificent i yeah i i wish i had looked it up before this podcast i was very busy earlier today i did not have time to really write up too many notes i wish i i wish i knew what artist at gynax had drawn that shot because uh <laughs> Storyboarded that or storyboarded because of course my dumb reason. Well, it must have been. It it looks good. It must have been Yoshinari. (laughs) But like, I don't want to. I don't want to apply credit without it actually. You know, without being without aiming it at the right person. But um, yeah. So then we move on to Ray's turn to uh, try and save the day. Which uh, yeah. So Ray still got Unit Zero. That's pretty much all they got left at this point. And she kind of Unit Zero. And (laughs) I like I like this bit that where I think it even surprises Gendo right. Like, cause I think, like Ray gets into Unit Zero, right? And like, isn't it, isn't it get even Gendo who's like, wait, what is that in her hand, right? Right. Ray. Everyone's like, oh no, out. Ray. No, yeah, no, she. Ray. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah no. Ray this, has this a not a. Uh, this was not a authorized author uh, operation here. <laughs> right. This is a choice Ray's made on her own. Which again, I like. I like these are like. I think this is why I like this episode a lot. Is because like. I, I think I've said this in the past, where I think the best episodes of Evangelion, or even the best like pieces of science fiction storytelling, combine the characterization and the storytelling with the like fantastical like science fiction elements. And I think yes. this is a great example of this. Is like Gendo did not a- a- authorize this plan. This is Ray like taking her own initiative to do what she's about to do. And what we find out is what she's done is that with her one arm Unit Zero, which you know isn't really going to accomplish much, especially if even Unit Two couldn't. She has uh, grabbed one of the fucking N2 bombs like a fucking shot put. Yeah. And is just fucking <laughs> just like... rushing the angel. <laughs> and it tries to, and forces her hand through its AT field. Just like, um, let me just smack this in your face. Right. Try and detonate its core. Um, unfortunately, we see that this angel has... This angel has learned from the other angels and has, uh, has an armor cell. Yeah, to protect its core. Um, I will say that uh, Ray also has the line earlier on. Earlier on, right? Um, before uh, when when the unit one thing doesn't work and she says she's going to get to unit zero, she says the line that, "Look, like I kind of know the deal, but we'll continue to like play coy here." She says the line, "I can die, I can be replaced," and you know, right. in, in case you thought there wasn't some weirdness going going on with ray and who she truly is well yes feel free to add that to the pile of uh, implications about her true identity yeah and so shinji uh talks with kaji who's just watering the plants yep hey i'd love to die between misato's boobs but i hear you know what melons is here good too you know what i have to just point out in the dove he says i'd rather be between misato's melons okay Thanks, The dub also handled thermal expansion properly, so you know. All right, good. Look, hey, props to them. 
I should check the uh, Netflix to see if they uh, that is, they, uh, they did that. That but. is that is that is exactly the kind of like Yakuza localization team <laughs> like translation I would hope for. Yeah, uh, so Kaji is watering his melons because he literally has nothing else to do. Right. He can't, what the fuck is Kaji going to do at this point? Yeah. Right. There's nothing he can do. So he says like, well, that the powers the powers that be have like kind of gotten wise to his antics and have you know basically kicked him out. So. And he's like, and he and he kind of spins it into a the the last bit that Shinji needs here because he's like, I'm here watering the melons because there's well, literally nothing I, I can yeah. do, but uh, there's something you can do, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's, it's weird, and I guess this is kind of the culmination of like that 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 dialogue I had earlier about like Kaji being the only other like older male character that like Shinji can speak to because weirdly enough. Kaji of all people gives like it's a more subdued version than most, but you know to kind of bring out bring back my old thesis that at its core, Evangelion is a mecha anime. <laughs> Somehow, Kaji of all people is the one who gives like the patented like like heroic speech to Shinji. Like he is giving the Kamina to Simone speech. The like yeah. you got to keep fighting, kid. Like you got to get back in the cockpit. Like. And it's a much more subdued, much more desperate version of it that kind of, you know, plays well within the themes that Ava's played in. But, like, at his core, this speech is still like, motherfucker, somebody's got to do it. And that person is you. So, you know, either you're going to uh, rise to the occasion or this is it for the human race. So, you know, make your choice. And he runs into the uh, Ava cage. Yeah, so he... He heads back to Nerve. You know, Gendo's like, "What are you doing here?" And and get some uh, great shot mirroring from episode one. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. So it, this this kind of I love the so so like in the in the notes they just kind of explain uh, describe this set of episodes as like the climax of the series, and I feel like yeah, this is where we that. get the the full circle question of you know Shinji asking why you know trying to figure out why does he pilot the Evangelion and the fir- at first it was well I I guess I have to do it cuz nobody else can and then later on it was well I do it cuz I you know I want my dad's approval and now he's doing it because yeah, if, 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 if he doesn't everyone he knows will die no like, this is the, this is the thing well, like, Shinji, that, but like, he, he's still doing it he's doing it feels like he's doing it now because now he wants to like he he he, he knows the stakes yeah, yeah. Well, he, he yes. wants to save everybody like this yes. is like well, the, we, well, we, and, and when we say want we want to make sure we when we say want we make we say want in a sense of like he has made the rat he has made the logical and like rational choice like that it's his decision is best, it is his decision you know right. like yeah in many ways, like Shinji's arc is a subdued version of, I mean, like like many things, it is a more maybe a more subtle version of the like the classic mecha protagonist arc, right? Like boy meets robot, boy enters robot, <laughs> like boy initially pilots robot out of desperation. Eventually, boy questions why he pilots robot. Boy <laughs> leaves robot. Eventually, boy returns to robot with his resolve hardened. And the realization that this is his destiny, you know, right. fucking Amaro, Simone, like so many goddamn mecha pilots I could list off that like have all gone through this arc, like right. of, of like the eventual realization that like, if you want to use the whole robots as a metaphor for our bodies, this is where Shinji has finally come to terms with like, 
his body, right? The unit one. Like, this is, for better or worse, this is who he is. This is what he has to become. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. The time and is now. Instead of shouting at Gendo, why, why did you bring me here? He yes. shouts, I'm the pilot of unit one. Yes. Yep. Like, that is, like, in a weird way, maybe one of this, in a weird fucked up way, one of the show's most okay, triumphant this is, this is a really triumphant moment until, like, yes. a couple minutes later. Um, <laughs> well, um, well, well Shinji, uh, Shinji suits up, and while I he's lo- doing that... Do, like, the classic, oh shit, they've busted into the main control room! Yes, like, the angel has a mainstay of like Super Sentai. <laughs> yes, the uh, the angel has breached Central Dogma and is literally in the control room, about to fire its face laser With, at everybody. Uh, Unit one comes in from the side. By yeah. God, by God, yeah. is that what do I hear? Is that Unit one's music? By God, Unit one is entering the ring. Great sequence. Unit one with the running. Um, like get gets onto the launch pad and like Yeah. Yeah. So there's things against the walls, they're writing yeah. it up. There's there's a reason why... Masato, Masato immediately gets it, launches uh <laughs> elevator five. Oh yeah. so good. There's a reason why this episode is called a man's battle. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good uh it's a pretty good, good fight. Yeah. It's not just the it's not quite the brutal uh just murder of the last episode. No, but you do start getting the music that plays in Evangelion whenever the Avon units get particularly murdery. So yeah, well, stuck with me here is also like the one shot of Shinji's face where he is like grinning and bloodlust. You know, like yeah. It's, again, <laughs> look, just it's like kind- look. Just like look, just like Amaro smiled when he killed twelve doms in the span of sixty seconds. <laughs> just like Simone smiled when he realized that uh, the drill lives on not on, just in his heart but on his back. Like, eventually, a boy becomes a man, and a man uh, realizes his true destiny. Yeah. So Shinji's doing all right until uh, yeah, I mean, power loses, an arm, loses an arm, but uh... yeah, but like no, like this is it's pretty great. Like you, you. Like yeah, Shinji is like totally fucking the shit out of this uh, this angel until the pesky uh, like one minute uh, battery life thing comes into play. Oops, forgot to plug in. Right, forgot to plug it oh, in. Oh darn! Guess. But uh, yep. And the uh, so while he's incapacitated, the angel starts having his way with him and Cut reveals the like at the chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah it reveals rips his chest open. Uh, reveals, reveals that under the under the armor, Unit One has a big core, just like uh, the yes, angel. Yes, has a very uh, conspicuously angel-like core in its um, center. And uh, but of course, uh, before uh, <laughs> before Unit One can be destroyed, it's time for one more round of Berserk mode. Yes. Yeah, fucking this uh, is fantastic. This is a really incredibly done great. scene. Yeah, this is like. It's very impressive. This uh, visually scene. one of the strongest scenes I think the show's um, done in. Like, it, it's it's similar to the first time we saw the berserk mode, but this is the full extended unhinged. Yeah, uncut. yeah. We just like you fucking see that, like you know it's, one is like fucking like crawling on all fours, right? Like, like it is like pouncing just, on the angel. Yeah. It, it's, like, attaches the... It, like, regenerates its whole arm by yeah, just throwing yeah. the ribbons on. And right, like, like, pieces of its armor, like, start to fall off because, like, it is, like, growing <laughs> as it, like, like eats the angel. Which we should mention, not only does it beat the angel, it starts eating it. 
Yes. Um, there was a really incredible scene, like, cut here where, like, it, it just throw like, Ava just, you know, one just, like, throws its AT field with a slash, cuts open the other angel, and its blood splatters on the inside of its own AT field. Yes, yes. yes. It's, yes. it's magnificent. It's uh, really fantastically animated. Um, I know. I, I, I will the... say specifically, I specifically remember that Yo Yoshinari did not animate this scene uh, because I looked it up. Right. Um, another uh, Gainax veteran did. I gosh, so I Mitsuo, I Mitsuo, Mitsuo Ito. Yes, yes, Mitsuo Ito. Yes, he animated Ito, that. Yeah. Uh, Ito. Or, um, so um, I, ha- I have the notes here. The storyboards and director were um, okay. Mas- Masayuki. Mm-hmm. That- that's it, Masayuki. Yeah, he's a, like a yes. Gainax, Gainax vet. And the uh, chief animator was uh, Takeshi Honda. So for this episode, for right. this episode. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, that's it's a very uh, another very brutal scene. Um, I was gonna say they have the bit where it breaks off of the armor. And it's like, <laughs> the armor wasn't for protection. The armor was to restrain it or whatever. Yeah, my favorite uh, fucking trope in the goddamn yeah, world. I thought you would uh, like that one. The restraint locks, but... Uh, I thought you would like that one, G, so I wanted yeah. to bring that up. They yeah, also, he eats, right, he eats they the say, angel. They say, <laughs> they say t- taking the S2 engine into itself. Yes. Which... Which, Which is uh, like right. Uh, so wait. So that's the part I did slightly get confused by. When did they ever say that the angel had the S two engine? Like right now. Th- <laughs> right. Like, it, was it literally think, not brought up so, until okay, now? I think. I th- don't quote me on this. I'm like totally maybe making shit up. When they when they in like episode three when Shinji killed the big floppy fish thing, and they caught it, they captured most of it alive. I think that's where they got. They say the like the S two engine. Wait, was was in the fish? I don't remember that. Maybe I could be. I I I don't know. Point is, even by the end of episode nineteen, I still don't actually know what an S two engine is, other than a vague power up for unit one. Yeah. Well, we'll. I think we'll get to what it actually is very soon. But right, I guess. Um, I don't even know if it's really that. It's a thing in the angels. I don't even. Sure. Yeah, I, well, it does serve a purpose, but I don't know if it's really that even yes. that big a deal. Well, yeah. anyways, um, point is the episode ends. We are kind of left in awe of mm-hmm. Unit One's bestial nature. It lets out this guttural cry. It's right. Okay, it's all in episode, very good. In episode five, they they pulled it out of the, that one angel's corpse and sent it to be studied okay. at one of the other branches. Oh, and so then, that's what they were trying to put into then, Unit Four. Yeah. Okay. And they dubbed it the Okay, got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Um all right. I believe the thing is like the kanji if you like there's a double meaning with the word where it could mean engine or organ. Huh. Okay. Interesting. That makes That's sense. Interesting. <laughs> all right. Yeah, and so that kind of wraps it up. I think we had one more bit with uh Gendo giving his all according to Keikaku. Uh, yes. Like, Starts. This is only the beginning. Um, right. Whatever master plan he's had all along, we've already kind of learned that Gendo is really the one pulling the strings, even though he's been technically answering to people or whatever, right? Yeah. But, right. Uh, Sailor, Sailor won't stay quiet for this. Yeah. And yeah, that wraps up the uh, the, the, the fourth child arc thing here. Um, 
a lot of interesting stuff to come in the uh, the remaining episodes. Um, I don't know. You said this was the climax, so I assume it's all downhill from here. <laughs> well, kind some of. stuff, some stuff is going to happen. But uh, I'm not a fool, Gel. I can tell this is episode this is probably the last episode of this anime that actually looks good. It's it's all it's all panning stills from here on out. Don't lie to me. Um, <laughs> I think it's work at the director's cut. <laughs> it's all it's all panning stills and talking silhouettes. Yeah, they, they, they touched some stuff up in the director's cut, if I recall. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we're we're gonna uh, and so and, and then next week we're gonna do another four episodes because we'll have, we'll we'll have the recap episode. Sure. Uh, again, the second one, but uh, but yeah, we only got three episodes of the podcast left. I think right. So yeah, this was always a shorter series. We're getting close. We'll we'll finally be done. Yeah. Um, Yes. And then hopefully, you know, naturally our podcast will be the like the ironclad testament to the Ava discourse and nobody will ever have to write or talk about Evangelion ever again. (laughs) Yes. Let us be the definitive podcast because I'm tired of talking about the yeah. discourse right now. You and me both. You, you, you and I think all of us. Like, yeah. uh, do we? I know this podcast has been running long, and you know, Eero mentioned this in the notes. Is this a discourse we want to have now, or do we want to save this for another a discourse podcast? about the like, discourse? Are we, t- <laughs> are we talking about? Uh, or, uh... Look, like, I mean, Eero, you know what I'm talking about, right? I like, do. The, the conversation, and I just this pod, like, apologies to our listeners for holding our production minute right in the middle of this podcast. Just. Is that something we just want to say for another podcast, or is that something we feel is like imperative to get to now? We'll bring it up later. Okay. What's what's that, Iro? Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to it another time. Okay, yeah. Like I think I think the way you know because of the nature of the narrative of this show, I think this <laughs> even as somebody who doesn't know you know the exact details of how this show ends, I have this sneaking suspicion that uh, this show's story progression will give us plenty of times to get into that discourse. Uh, yes. At yes. a later time. Gasp! So. That discourse! Yeah, <laughs> what we'll, could he mean? We will shelve <laughs> it for the time being. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we kind of we kind of did some big picture talk earlier. I don't know if you guys want to give really quick, like, sentence or two final thoughts here on this block. Um, just to wrap things up. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I guess one or two sentences. Uh, as someone who's, you know, as the person who's new to this, or to this show, uh, I uh, I guess you know talking through it. I actually really do like episodes eighteen and nineteen. I think uh, I think they're very strong episodes. I think in many ways eighteen and nineteen are like a miniature encapsulation of like this show's like myriad strengths. Yeah, I think that uh, like they are the episodes that I think to me, anyways, based on my sensibilities, like recognize like that Ava is at its best when it is like balancing between it's like moody introspective character dramas and the kind of like kind of what you know, the the also what are like the things that the show is saying about like the mecha genre uh, as a whole and kind of like intertwining those in a very like i think organic way you know i think you know the 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 uh the example i, I brought up earlier was uh ray taking her own initiative to go for this big uh sacrifice against the angel i think that like these two those two episodes are filled with these kind of moments of like the moody introspective characterization is intertwined with the like striking and like visually bold uh science fiction mecha action and as a result i think that uh 
you know, again, I'm not sure if I'd go as far as I'd say it's like my favorite episode or the best episodes, but they are undeniably some of the strongest this show has seen uh, so far. Pyro. Yeah. These are, yeah. Basically that, like these episodes have a bit of everything. I think when people think about, I think when people think about Ava, like in the past tense, it tends to be this block of the show. Um, well, yeah. I, I'd almost go as far as I feel like when I hear people talk about Ava, they are talking about like your episodes fours and your episodes seventeen <laughs> that have no mecha whatsoever and are just pure <laughs> movie. Who you're listening to talking about, Evan Gall? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm just saying I've read those takes. I've, I've read the takes that are like even Gellin would have been even better with zero mecha. And believe me, those people are also on my list of people I'd like to strangle through my computer screen. Uh, but, you know, that's yeah. a discussion I mean, for like, another yeah, time. Yeah, like these episodes have have the the introspective character study stuff and the like big mechs smashing things you know yeah. <laughs> in, like and not i mean now i'm being reductive but um not just mech stuff but like these two these episodes have the mech stuff in the very particular evangelion flavor that yes, does not yes. necessarily exist in other other shows like right, right. like these these, this, these are the ways the... these are the this episode show the ways evangelion is a mech show in its own special way Yes, I, I definitely grant that much to it. Um, kind of just like the, again, I keep saying, but like just the, like kind of the bold visual characterization of the aesthetics of, of how Evangelion decides to approach its, its kind of, its mecha uh, sensibilities, I think. Uh, yeah, even the, even like the fights themselves are not like dancing through the sky with beam sabers. It's like, I'm going to choke you and then eat you <laughs> like, and that feels more appropriate for the tone of the show. Right. Like, yes, it, it all, it all goes very well together. Um, I'll just, I'll just add, I was curious, like, and this is something I don't want to get into too much right now, but I just want to start putting this out there as we approach the end of the show. I was curious how much of like emotional impact or like weight I would feel watching it again, 20 years later and knowing everything. Right, I know yeah. Hmm. and comparing that to because i still feel like i felt it watching these episodes again and maybe not quite as strong as the first time because you know i know it was going to happen but um comparing that to the pretenders to the throne of shows that want to be evangelion <laughs> like um, evangelion but bad yeah so you know <laughs> most recent being like darling in the franks or something like that sure sure seeing how how much the actual plot, the robot fighting, the character development, how everything is intertwined and supports each other in a way yeah. so that like when we get those like great shots of unit two's severed head crashing into the shelter, like that yes. means something, right? Like, right. like the, the, the idea that the idea that works well there is that there is both like it is a, it, it has a lot of impact because it is a bold visual image, but also it has a lot of impact because of like the characterization, the narrative, the narrative context behind the image. Yes. Right. We've seen, and like, we've, we've built up to that over yeah. 19 oh, totally, episodes. Totally. I think, I think like the best, like, not, not, hell, I wouldn't even say just the best mecha anime dude. I think the best anime do that, right? Like, right. because it is a visual medium. Like, and so I think the best moments are when you have like, combine the visuals with the characterization and, and the storytelling to create something that is like 
because here's the thing, right? Like, if we want to talk to, like, to the pretenders of the throne, like Darling and the Franks, here's the thing. Like, anyone can go read my post on that show. I fucking hate that show from, like, the, the, the <laughs> deepest well of my soul. But I also recognize that show does have visually striking moments. It right. does. It really does. I, you cannot deny that that show at times does look very good. The difference is that it has not earned the emotional impact. Like, you know, you... Exactly. Like, That's what I'm trying compare, to get at. Right. You, you compare, like, the, the triumphant moments in Darling the Franks to, like, the triumphant moments in Evangelion, or even the triumphant moments in, like, something like Gurren Lagann, right? Like, even Gunbuster. a show that is, like, quote, like quote, even a show that is, like, quote-unquote, or, like, Gunbuster, right? Like, these shows that are, quote-unquote, like, quote-unquote, dumber than Evangelion, right? Like, they still resonate because, like, they have, like, succeeded in... Uh, 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 regardless of the of the complexity of the narrative, what they have done is succeeded in making you care. Like, right. it's not just cool that like Noriko is fucking kicking through like a thousand goddamn aliens. It's the fact that it is specifically Noriko who is kicking through a thousand goddamn aliens. Like, and I think that's kind of like what Evangelion does so well compared to, as you said, a lot of its pretenders. It, exactly. And it, I think you, yeah. you said it before, it, it earns these moments so that yeah. when they, when they happen, they have impact and meaning. And I think, I think it was good for me to, with these episodes reaffirm that it wasn't just <laughs> me being a dumb teenager at the time. The show's actually pretty damn good. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> so, and- I, I, I appreciated seeing yeah. that in this in this block that yep yeah. show's still good. It wasn't just uh, you know me being a dumb kid yeah. years ago. <laughs> I, I will say I will say this podcast is this is going to be a long one, I guess. But uh, so I'll try to keep this last bit short. Is that uh, I think I've made it pretty clear that I've been largely enjoying my time with Evangelion. I, I will admit, I think I am enjoying it on this like, how do I put it? I am kind of enjoying it as like a fan of the genre. I am enjoying it as like someone who is like kind of looking at this show and be like, wow, these are like really well put together moments. In an academic sense. Yes. In an academic sense. But I do have to admit, I don't feel a particularly strong emotional connection to the show so far. And like, maybe, maybe the last few episodes will like really turn that around. But I will say that like, like emotionally, like, like, in, yeah. In, to, to speak back to the well of my soul metaphor, like, I wouldn't say the moments, like, there has never been anything in Evangelion that has quite made me, like, feel the way I do having watched something like Gunbuster or Gurren Lagann. But, like, and, like some of that it, is just down it, to, like... But, like, it shouldn't, right? Because it's, to, like, totally, no, no, completely of different. Course, of course, like, it's down to personal sensibilities, but I mean, like... But, but what I mean is not just that, but what I mean, like, when I say emotion, I mean, like, made me emotionally care in that way, whether that is through, like, theatrics and triumph or through, like, something more subtle and, and dour, I guess, like, I, I guess, like, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, when I think of show, like, like, anime like Gunbuster or Gurren Lagann, like, I feel, like, an emotion welling in me, like, that reminds me of, like, the way I felt watching those Whereas when I think about Evangelion, I kind of think of it more from the clinical standpoint of like, yeah, this is a, a well-made show. It is a well-made show, a well-told story with interesting characters. But I wouldn't necessarily say that I feel a See, particularly strong emotional connection to its characters. I actually feel, I, I, I feel, and, and it's you know, worth pointing out, a lot of the same people working on these shows, uh, you know, when we talk about Gunbuster and Gurren Lagann and, and like the you know, emotional 
because even something with Gurren Lagann, which is maybe is not like intellectually intelligent, is uh, very emotionally, um, I think, uh, I'm not going to say complex either. But there, there's definitely it's, there's definitely a you, you form an emotional con- connection it's, with the it's, show, right? It's uh, it's it's emotionally competent. Like, yeah, it's you, it's you, not just playing tricks on you. For, yeah, like, it, it, it 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 earns its moments. It does hit you in the gut a couple times. Um, I feel I feel very similar about all those shows, to be honest. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's something, again, we can, we can get into deeper once Evangelion's over, but I can feel the, the DNA, even though they arrive at the, um, arrive at the, the destination in very different ways. <laughs> and, and I would opposites of the orange train line. Yeah. And I would say <laughs> when I, when I'm talking about being like emotional, like I'm not talking about like, I'm, you know, moved to tears or something, I, you know, I, it's it's like a i'm talking about just like the and it's hard it's it's because it's emotional it's hard to explain in words but that that gut feeling that you get from watching it of like you know you're like it has meaning to it it's not like a oh this is sad i'm gonna cry type of emotional but like i guess yeah i i do understand i guess for me it's like you know look I love those shows. Of course, Shinji is on some level an infinitely more complex character than like Noriko or Simon or Simone. But like, I guess for me, it's like, if if you're asking me like how much I actually emotionally, how emotionally invested I am in like the, uh, the struggles and, and triumphs of the, the specific characters, like, I guess I am still looking at Evangelion as a piece of media than as like, something that speaks to me in the way that like some other guide X works have. Right. And you know, eventually it's going to come down isn't to that kind of like a decision you made before you started watching the show based on how people spoke about the show. I mean, I mean like, yes, of course I had my perceptions going into Evangelion, but I think I've, I think if you listen to this podcast, I have been exceedingly fair to this show. Like I, I have been yeah. very open I'd, and very forgiving. I, I do. Uh, to, uh, I do think. Uh, I do think you've been very fair, G. But I think even you admit there'd be some kind. There'd be at least a little bit of uh, <laughs> pre preconception moving in coming into this. But uh, I mean, but, there always will be. Yeah, but, that's uh, that's normal. And and like I was I about think, to I say, think, I think I have active, I have done my best to give Evangelion its its chance to like like win me over with Shinji and Misato and the others in the same way that I feel about characters like, you know, Noriko or Simone. Yeah. And I, I was about to say, oh, I mean, eventually it's also going to come down to, you know, there's going to be preference at some point. Right. So of course I, yeah. I'm not trying to imply like this is like a, a mark against the show. I guess the, the whole reason I went into this tangent in the first place is just kind of to explain, you know, my own personal feelings on the show. That, right. Like I recognize its merits. I recognize its, its accomplishments, but, uh, yeah. Unless something, unless things like very dramatically change in the, in these next few episodes, or like an end of Evangelion, like this will sit in the like on the level of the pantheon of like genuinely good mecha shows, but not like you know the shows that I literally carry in my heart on a day to day basis. Yeah. Well, we'll have kind of shows on that level. <laughs> well, oh, I, I, well, yes, okay, fine. I admit that that is definitely my own weird obsession with the genre. So, yeah, we'll, uh, well, plenty more to say on that before this is all over, but we, we got to wrap up now. So, yes, we do. Apologies. Let's, let's call it a day on that one. Um, 
you know, we'll <laughs> again, apologies for the technical difficulties, everyone. We will do our best to patch that up later. Um, but yeah, uh, that will do it then for this episode. Let's get to our housekeeping, our very long list of housekeeping. Uh, <laughs> check us out at theglorioblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. Uh, you can check out our other podcasts on this feed, the Glorio Chat, where we talk about anime, um, current anime events, and other airing things. Yes, uh, look forward to our, I assume, what our next Glorio Chat podcast we're going to be talking about. Uh, is that going to be uh, our end of season thoughts? Or technically, is that going to be a little yes, bit of but... our beginning of the next season thoughts? Technically, yes, but I don't. Yeah, I think it's going to be more end of season thoughts. We we've been talking about new stuff too, so it'll probably be some of that. Uh, and you can listen to Legend of the Glorio Heroes with Iro and G talking about Legend of the Galactic Heroes, uh, the greatest show of all time. And um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> now you're on brand. Yes, and then the uh, Glorio's King of the Kaiju with Chris and Collins. I'm going to start nagging them to get another episode out soon. Uh, but they talk about uh, old kaiju movies, uh, so hopefully we'll get a new new episode of that. But check that out soon, and um, you can check us out on many different places where podcasts are at: iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we're on Podbean. We also upload videos to YouTube, so you can check us out there. And um, I think that's pretty much it. I think somehow, like the Wu-Tang Clan yep. introducing every member, you have somehow managed to nail it all. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's everything. Yep. Uh, well, everything except one last thing here. So, uh... Next time on Neon Genesis Evangelio, we'll talk about episode 20 of The Shape of Hearts and Humans, or Leaving a Story to Oral Stage. Episode 21, The Birth of Nerve, or He Was Aware That He Was Still a Child. Episode 22, Staying Human or Don't Be. Episode 20, and finally, episode 23, Tears or Ray 3. And uh, I guess we're still doing fan service. So see you next time. 